from an undisclosed location high in the Hollywood Hills, this is The Long Shot. On tonight's episode, we get into the nitty-gritty. Some real good time chats with our buddy Wayne Fetterman about stuff like spaghetti, pesto sauce included. We'll find out. Sean gets into some stuff about the Holy City Zoo. Just kidding, that's not something that was relevant in his life per se, but he did attend the Chicago City Limits. Uh, Wayne himself in the house watching me as I record this, adding an element of allure to this recording. Wrap it up! And you're going to enjoy it. So listen here now and enjoy every moment of the long shot. Here's your host, Sean Conroy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good day, good noon, good night. Good dusk, good dawn, good desk. Welcome to The Long Shot. I am your host. My name is Sean Conroy. With me today on the podcast, the light at the end of the rainbow, Miss Amber Kenny is here. Hello! And of course, the dilettante, Mr. Jamie Flam is here. Glad to be back. <laughs> and our very special, special guest today. Very special. Third time on the episode. Third time on the series. Is that a record? No. Do we... It, it, it's up there, but it's not a record. Okay. You don't have you don't have repeat guests. No, because I know you've we done do like seven hundred. We do have repeat guests. <laughs> you've Very done rarely. like seven hundred and fifty. <laughs> Wayne Fetterman is here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Wayne. You're welcome. Thanks for having me here at the studio. Yeah, it's uh, High it's security. upgraded since the last time you were here. Uh, much nicer. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I guess I feel like we should just get right into it. Um, we always start the show with a segment that we like to call checking in. So you'll be ready when we come to you, right, yep. Wayne? You'll have all sorts of stuff for us to talk about. Um, but let's start today with Amber. All right. I. Um, What's going on, Amber? Well, I was going to tell a story. <laughs> Classic. Uh, Classic should Amber. We, should we sit cross-legged yes, on the please. floor? <laughs> um, so... Saturday night, Jeff and I were, we had a planned date night. Jeff nice. Jeff my husband. Um, and there's a little Italian Is this a regular thing or is this just a one time? We just both, we see each other a lot. We live right. together, but. but it, you haven't focused. It, yeah, it was a crazy week and we right. both sort of missed each other. So mm -hmm. we. Um, <laughs> no, no. Sorry. Looking at the producer over there taking notes. Um, <laughs> Believe me, he's not taking notes. He's like writing his autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> I was assuming. Surfing the, surfing I was the assuming. web. I was assuming. Yeah. Sorry, he's go ahead, Amber. checking every word yeah. I yeah. apologize. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a crazy week, so we sort of missed each other, and we, we made a point, like, Saturday night, let's have a Do date something. night. And there's a cute little Italian restaurant that's quasi-new in our neighborhood. We Let's do that. Great. Because then also the whole... Where do you want to eat? Where do you want to eat? Like, Ugh. that's done. We already know where yeah. we're going. That's decided. Um, and we tend to be... Simple people. Grandma, grandpa, early diners. Oh, I see. <laughs> How early is early? Pretty early. Blue so, plate special. So um, this restaurant opened at 5.30, and we had 5.45 reservations. Let them... <laughs> Get the repetitions in before you. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice that you didn't just go with 5:30. You know that you were like, let them have 15 yeah, minutes so to sort know. of marry the ketchups <laughs> and fold the napkins, and then we'll storm the castle. And it's, I mean, it's full daytime, bright. It's the summer. It's the almost, summer. Almost. Yeah, and uh, and um, 5:45 we walk in, and there's one other couple in the back of. 
the restaurant eating and then a single dude eating. Everything else that is, is open. That is fucking sad when guys eat by themselves. No, no, no. That is not what I was saying <laughs> I've eaten. I, I've eaten 90% of my meals in my life I alone. I love <laughs> a good restaurant by myself. <laughs> but um, it's just funny to have reservations for right. a ghost town of a restaurant. So we're eating. We're having. It would have been even better if they were like, I'm sorry, we can't see you right now. (laughs) Why don't you guys um, have a drink at the bar? Yeah. (laughs) So um, we're having our meal. We're doing all the normal stuff. It's also hot. We're eating Mm -hmm. Italian food and just sweating. What did you guys order? Um, I had a seafood pasta dish. There we go. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Jeff, who knows? No, he had a spaghetti meat thing. It was a. It was a. Oh, he went with the classic spaghetti meat thing at the Italian restaurant? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> really coloring outside the lines, We've huh? been there once before, and he <laughs> keeps grumbling about it because I ordered soup, and he was like, ah, oh, the lasagna, I'm hungry. And his lasagna was the size of a postage Tiny, stamp. and you had and like a fat of soup. Yes. <laughs> He's like, God damn it. <laughs> so he ordered... Like classic spaghetti with a side of steak. Like he was like, I'm going to get. Can I get the soup-sized portion of lasagna? (laughs) (laughs) So I really, my checking in wasn't about describing this meal. I promise you. Mm -hmm. So something strange started happening. Um, a a guy walks in with like a four-year-old girl and a seven-year-old boy in a soccer costume. Costume. Oh my god. (laughs) Uniform. So um, they sit down and they're gonna have their meal. You're Glad like, oh. he wasn't in a wizard uniform. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a family at this Italian restaurant. Mm-hmm. All right, just the three of them. Just the three of them, um, and slowly but surely, the restaurant fills up while we're there. I would say more kids than adults, mm. in a way that I was like confused. It was it's not a, a date night. Right. Maybe vibe. we were the early swing and that's when you take your kids. Maybe that's the almighty trying to send you a message. Oh. Uh-huh. What message would that be? Hey, Jeff and Amber, look how much fun kids can be. <laughs> oh, wow. He should work on his messaging. Um, <laughs> so They wear costumes. <laughs> Soccer costumes. So the, the peak was sat right next to us. Like... Like I, I hate could, that when I somebody's like, touch you them. can't help but overhear each other's conversations. Yes. Was um, I want to say like a nine-year-old boy oh. and his dad, mm-hmm. and <laughs> continue. Um, at one point, I was like, Jeff, I have to do this quietly because they are so close to us. Yeah. But just take a closer look at what's going on at that table. The boy was eating a plate of pesto pasta, and the dad wasn't eating. Mm. That's weird, right? I don't know. I feel like the kid just came <laughs> off. Of the I'm sorry. I thought there was going to be something weird at that table, yeah, yeah. the way you set that up. The kid just came off the field and needed to replenish. No, this wasn't soccer kid. Or this wherever, was he, kid. wherever he was. He was at band practice. He was at math class. Oh, he was doing whatever. It was disparate kids. It wasn't just... I thought it was it an was kids everywhere. And but they weren't together. Lots of kids. Like, people brought their kids to the Italian like they were restaurant. Like, at first, I thought this was going to be about a soccer 
That's what I thought banquet was banquet or something no, at the no, end no. of the it season. Was, it was just it it it's like a quiet Italian restaurant. So these are all just scenes from an Italian restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like the place divorced dads bring oh, their see. kids on Saturday night. Maybe. Was it all dads or there were no it was moms? All dads. There might have been a, a sprinkling of moms. Hot moms? I don't know. Mostly dads. Mm-hmm. But I feel like maybe. I'm just going to throw this out. Uh-huh. Maybe he's trying to slender down because he's divorced sure. and now wants to and get his on, kid was like, I get on Bumble and see what's going on and let my right kid now. eat. You know Bumble? Who does Yeah, I'm Bumble? very familiar so, with Bumble. <laughs> you, you heard of MySpace? <laughs> I thought it was like more of like, yeah, if you're dating, you know Bumble. Are you dating? Yes, I am. There you go. <laughs> I'm on Bumble, guys. But that's not even my what's up. The good thing about Bumbles <laughs> is, that, is that Bumbles bounce. Um, so what happened? No one is interested in this, but it, I... I am interested. I am always interested. It just... It, I, it boggled my mind. Because if you want to give a seven... It was an expensive thing to do. It I wasn't. Have, I have a theory. It, but go ahead. Like, just boil some pasta for your kid mm-hmm. if he uh, needs a bowl of pesto pasta instead of taking. I, I just for, couldn't for, figure for, out. First what's of all, I would say here. you seem like not a easily boggleable. <laughs> all <know>? right. Like <laughs> um, your boggle threshold. Yeah, yeah very low boggle, boggle threshold. I got it. I guess we were. It was more that we were set up. <laughs> In our head for a very like big ad- night out. adult date yeah. evening. Oh, like, I see. Did I see. we go to like Chuck E. Cheese? I got what it, the I fuck is going but on? But you sandbagged your own argument by saying how early you were I know, there. I understand. You know, that. you were there in it's full RB. daylight. It was like just at the time the kids eat dinner. It's also my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. A lot and, of people didn't know that. And you don't see a lot of kids in the neighborhood to begin with. So it seems like people were like bussing in to go have a quiet Italian meal with their kid. Like, was there a big kid's that's how menu? Trump maybe? lost New Hampshire. No. You're like, sure there wasn't a kid's menu? I mean, I'm. Were they coloring the, on the, the, the menu? The soccer dad being like, I'm going to get you noodles with butter. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, here's my theory about it. Because this is how I grew up, basically. It's all fine. It was just I. It is that Italian food. <laughs> Italian food it's, is the easiest food for kids to eat. That's the theory we. It's came like up you with. can go to a restaurant, but they'll still eat the food. Whereas if you go to an Indian place right. or you go to a, a Native American place <laughs> or you know wherever you go. That's the theory we came up with: is that the parents were fucking sick of having kid food. They wanted something right. That, that so was it's like easy for them to. Them to yes. But the then the, the adult wasn't even eating. That's which where I was like, it. you're really... But that, I think, is it, that probably speaks to he wants to be out of the house. He doesn't want to cook himself. Right. He wants to take the kid out for food, but he's not having dinner yet. He's got a date later right. mm. Hot date. with Mrs. Gethimplewater, who he <laughs> thinks he might have a shot with they, now that she's there? left Chuck. They were there. Chuck Gethimplewater? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good guy. She's um, keeping Gethimplewater, though. <laughs> <laughs> for now. <laughs> they were there 15 minutes. It she just, might hyphenate if she marries like this guy and be Mrs. Gethimplewater Fingerbottom. <laughs> That's his last name. <laughs> Look, and no one's judging that. No I'm one's judging that. Who's judging that? It's a very esteemed yes, British of course, name of, of long lineage. <laughs> There's a... S- Shield, yeah. <laughs> whatever they call Press. it. But no, Press, I really think that's what you. it is. It's like that's the easiest food for kids to eat. Mexican, right. Right. you know, uh, New Mexican. You know what's a fun idea? 
Mexican. So it's, it's a, a macaroni and cheese with some Mexican flavor to it. So it's a little bit, a little spicier. You're talking about mac macaroni and cheese with salsa, which is like a. That actually could be thing. really good. Is that a normal thing? I think so. Huh. If it's not, I've been doing abnormal things for a long what time. What kind of salsa? Like an Ortega? Pace. Pace. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I bet that would be really Who good, cares actually. what kind of salsa? <laughs> All right, how about... I was trying to think of... What uh, about Mexican... Old gringo what? salsa? Guacamole. Mex Mexican, but instead of about it being Mexican, it's just... I mean, about being the salsa, it's just big portions of Mexican food. Like, oh, yeah, Mex. Like Laputa, whatever that place is called. I think La most Pepe. of the places are that. Like a big Mexican Usually plate. you get like a little taco or something, right? Well, I think like at a... But El like Coyote, the, yeah, it's like oh, old school, like dark. Mexican but I'm saying even bigger, like that's their thing. It's Mexican, even the old school dark Mexican restaurants. I think that's such an LA thing, you know, like El, what is it, El Coyote? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And I've been to other. Like, by the way, it was just at El Campagre. Torito today. <laughs> just today, bragging. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's called. I call it the Torito because <laughs> I don't speak in Spanish, but uh, just today, barely what speak you, English. What did you get there? You know, it's a good question. Great. No, right, it's not a good it's, question. It's, it's a good question. <laughs> it's a terrible question. Because this is the wrong road for this show to go mind. down okay, every well, time I'm, it happens. I have to know. Well, this is what happened. I went in there because for lunch, which is very rare for me. I'm never. It's on Ocean Park. Do you know where that is? Sure. You're saying lunch is very rare for you, <laughs> or going there for lunch is very rare. I, I've been to that restaurant maybe twice in my life. Uh -huh. So I, that's not. I'm more of a fast food guy. So. I go in for lunch, look at the menu, but of course they have the all-you-can-eat buffet, so I ended up doing that wow. for twelve ninety-nine. That's a great deal. Yeah, so I had like that's this, almost Mexican. Yes, it was Mexican. <laughs> it could be. It's, it's up to you. Uh, Mexican, your way. We have two Mexican specials sorry. today. One is macaroni and cheese with salsa, and the other is all-you-can-eat. <laughs> so I had the Mexican. I'll food choose today. the second one. You know what I had? I went to a place called Pescado Mojado. Uh -huh. Which means wet Oh yeah, fish. let's go around. Let's all go around <laughs> okay, and say what we had for lunch. And had a fish Welcome soup. Welcome to lunch podcast, folks. I had a fish soup, which is something I typically make that's at home. That's the perfect thing to get it, wet fish, because it's wet it's and it's <laughs> the open. well. That's the thing. Yeah, the I whole know. thing is you're very on brand. You're very on brand with that order. It's great. Fish go bad. Uh, all right, what else, Amber? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so you don't like kids at Italian restaurants? It was just straight. It was just not what we were expecting. Were any of them named? Brenda or Eddie? All of them. Wow. <laughs> Were they still going steady? And the king and the queen at the prom? Mm -hmm. <laughs> God, my niece went to her senior prom last night. Whoa. It's fucking so crazy. Great. Crazy great. to me. Um, Why? Because she's 40 years old. I remember, when she was, I remember when she was just a year younger than me. <laughs> uh -huh. I remember when she was a junior. It was incredible. <laughs> I, I can remember when she went to her junior prom. <laughs> um, all right, so I'll go next. Here's my checking in, and this has been a long time coming because this is a this is an, a devoted listener of ours who sent me an email a while ago when we said something about how we were going to do a mailbag, and he, he had sent some stuff to the mailbag, and his email was about not reading the stuff he had sent to the mailbag, and then I didn't read the thing he sent me, and then he sent me another thing saying, did I offend you? I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, I just am disorganized. I couldn't remember that that was a thing. It, it's been back and forth for like a month and a half. So I just want to read the original thing that he sent. But that's do the it. thing he said to not read? 
This is the thing. Well, I'll read you the okay. whole thing. It will become clear. It'll become clear. Uh, and this was sent directly to my email. It said, hello, Sean. On the long shot, there has been a couple of comments recently that a mailbag episode may be coming. <laughs> I look forward to each episode as much as any other, more so if I'm awaiting something that I've contributed, except for this time. If you do record a mailbag episode soon, hopefully you haven't already, please, please, please do not include any of the messages that I've sent especially and specifically because of earlier requests for help with my writing. Shortly after the last message I sent you, I slammed into a writer's block. That led me to finally accept how overall depressed I had become. In turn, I eventually joined Talkspace, a therapy website, which has been very helpful, not least of which in getting me to talk to my doctor so that in addition to the continued e-therapy, I've also been taking beneficial medication, all of which also gave me time away from my writing. When I went back with a clearer head to review what I had written, I realized how embarrassingly off base I had been in regards to how publishable I had thought it was. I wasn't clinically delusional, but I had certainly been lying to myself about the writing. I'm hoping to get back into writing in general soon. Maybe someday I'll even be ready to revisit, redraft that project. However, for now, it is not what I had thought of it, and I would greatly appreciate it not being mentioned in any sort of public forum. Thanks, George R. Guitari III, full name given as permission of use. P.S. I would not mind this email being read out. P.P.S. I'm not going to try and send this to the Longshot's website, as you made it clear on the last episode <laughs> that there seems to be some difficulties accessing these posts. So if Andrew can access those, please forward this to him. Did Love we it. ever read those other messages? No, okay. we did not. Okay. And I don't think it was even on purpose. It was just that somehow they... Yeah. disappeared into the ether, right. which leads me to believe that there are many, many <laughs> other messages I'm sure. that we have not ever I, what gotten to. What was wrong with the other messages? I think I, I weren't I, publishable. <laughs> <laughs> he says it right there. Does he think we're a publisher? <laughs> <laughs> no, I seem to recall at one point he did send something that we did read. I mean, this was years ago where he was saying, I've been writing this thing and this is where you can look at it. Mm -hmm. And then maybe he sent more stuff saying, I've run into some trouble, and I'm wondering if anybody has any ideas that might help me out or okay. whatever. And that spiraled into uh, all kinds of other stuff, which sounds like it worked out fairly well, you right. know, ultimately. Um, but anyway, I just had, like I said, it's been like 10 emails That's back intense. and forth between and me. Yeah. Glad he's doing better. Yeah, yeah. me too. That Tell talk space thing I've George, heard. George, hang in there, buddy. You're doing I've great. I've never heard of it. Tell me about it. I've been listening to the Conan podcast. And he does O'Brien or the Sumerian, <laughs> the uh, barbarian. Well, that is the Sumerian. Is he Sumerian? <laughs> is that his whole thing? He's a Sumerian. Sumerian. Sim, like Jesus. a Simian. Yeah, that was an intense exchange right there. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years ago. <of> <laughs> um, not Sumerian. He's not from Sumer. He is Sumerian. <laughs> from Sumeri. He has nothing to do with the Silmarillion. <laughs> Keep going, keep going. <laughs> this is gold. Keep going. Anyway, Conan. Don't come on my show Sumerian. and tell me what's gold, Wayne. Um, <laughs> he does an ad for it in every episode, and um, 
He speaks from his heart. I think it's like a He fair- does an ad for it. It's Has he done it? He, he does not speak as if though he's done it. He's probably done therapy, though, right? He's talked a lot about doing therapy. Yeah, oh, so this is like a way out. to... I may check this out. It's the first I'm hearing. This podcast? I don't even listen to podcasts, but it's great. No, Conan, who is this guy? This is the first I'm hearing of this guy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> this is the first I'm hearing of this therapy website. Oh, got it. <laughs> Everyone knows about it, right? You, you can, like, text message, I think, with a therapist. For free? No. Oh. There's like a... Yeah. Okay. There, I forget how much it is a month. Um, I've it's, it costs money though, and also regular text message data charges may apply. May apply. And if you go to if you put Conan in at the uh, prompt, ten percent right. off to listeners. Your first three wait, breakdowns. Wait, wait, wait. That is so weird wait. to me. Like, imagine you're in this place where you desperately need therapy, and you're like, "How can I do this for ten percent off?" Let me add in Conan's it's name. Funny. Also, this. we just didn't add four Conans. What if, what if you're? What if? What if you're working at Conan and Conan is just destroying you every day? Like he's just he's just relentlessly picking you apart every day and that's the thing you want to talk to somebody about, but you have to put in Conan Conan before you uh, Conan. So it's promo code Conan. <laughs> yes. Is this, I'm getting this right. I don't know. I'm not even for sure it's the exact Can we same get service. A little off the back end. <laughs> But he speaks about. You're saying he speaks about it very emotionally. If, if it's the same one, but yes. Okay. And if it's not, it's something similar, similar service. An, an internet it. talk therapy service. Yeah. So you basically Skype with a therapist. I haven't listened that closely. Okay. But you don't listen to podcasts. No, I've never heard this. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but you listen to those ads, baby. I do. It's just like the Super Bowl. You listen to podcasts just for the commercials. That is so funny. <laughs> So anyway, that's one thing. And then the other thing was, I was at Ikea today. I don't know if you know that. It's Very a, familiar. It's a big store. Very familiar. Yeah, yeah. Sweet meatballs. Yeah, I've never had their meatballs. Oh, you um, got it. Lindenberries. But, but uh, it was crowded. It was like, you know, the way it is at 1230 on a just Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, the Burbank It's like one. now the so biggest big. one in the world, I think. It's huge. too big. Oh, yeah. the, the rebuilt one in Burbank? Yeah. yeah. It was the kind of thing where I, I just needed like two things. Oh, no. And... <laughs> It was Go like to Target, Bubba. It was like walking through the Louvre, you know, like it was just never going to end. Even when I was taking shortcuts, I ended up going the wrong yeah, way, yeah, very... you know. Um, it's like purposefully disoriented. Yeah, yeah. That's it's like you never yeah, know where you're going. You're like, oh, this is a nice kitchen I'm in. Right. <laughs> I was here for a candle. Right. None of this was here before yeah, yeah. this afternoon. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I get to the line, and it's a long line, you know, and there's a lot of long lines. In other words... Sometimes when you go to the supermarket at at 12.30 at night, there's only one checker open and there's 15 people waiting online and that's just how it goes in the middle of the night. But this was the middle of the afternoon and there was a long line at like five different registers, which, you know, that's how busy they were. So fine. But then these, (laughs) these two, I'll call them young ladies, come trundling along with their stuff uh, uh, next to me or I guess kind of in, yeah, in the line next to me, and there's a line on the other side of them that says five items or less, and there's Love nobody it. There's nobody at the, there's, it's not open. There's no cashier there. I'm loving where this is going. I know you don't like me saying how much I enjoy the podcast <laughs> on it, but keep going. I know what's about to happen. So the one girl, the one young, the woman, the... Why are you being so weird about how you're, what are you... 
So the one chick says to the other chick. <laughs> the broad. <laughs> so the one skirt says, uh, she goes, why don't you go over there and tell them to open the five item checkout line? Because, you know, then we can get out of here faster. <laughs> and I was like, that's uh, <laughs> you bold stump, you know, like, OK, go for it. Every line is open. Clearly, they're not. Slow right now. It's not like they have people just chain smoking mm-hmm. in the back waiting to be called into service. Uh, so the other broad walks over to the window <laughs> and starts talking to the person in charge. And, and meanwhile, slowing down the line probably. Well, no, no, no. This was somebody. This was somebody not okay. involved. This was like the the floor monitor, you know. Uh, but then I look at the woman's cart and there's like more twelve things course, on it. Of you course. Know? And she's furious that they won't open the five items or less thing so that she can go through when she wants to go through. It, it just was hilarious to me. And of course, they didn't open it. You know, it was like, why would you think? I guess to me, it always speaks to a larger mindset mm-hmm. of like, but I want I'm it. different. The rules do yeah. not apply to me. Why should I go along with society when I am clearly far more important? And so, so they wait. So they ended up waiting, and I was, like I said, standing next to them. So I got to hear their whole conversation about how were they going to get somebody to come and put all their stuff together, and were they going to be able to fit it into the car, and maybe they should tell this guy about where they should, you know, how he could come and put their dresser and their thing together. But they didn't want him to know where they lived, so they didn't want to tell him. But maybe they should put an ad on Craigslist. But you never know what kind of people are going to show up from Craigslist. I mean, it was just, it was. It was classic. It was amazing. Wow. What kind of furniture do they have? It was, you know, Ikea, it's all either in boxes or rolled up, so you can't really tell what things are, you know. Um, I would guess it was a, a candelabra and uh, probably some sort of break front and an ottoman. That's three. We're <laughs> waiting for 12 more items. <laughs> <laughs> What's a break front? <laughs> Isn't that what you call Google? those things where you have like a glass case on top of a, that you put like little tchotchkes in? I think. I could be wrong. It's happened once or twice. Uh, anyway, so that's my checking in is that I got irritated on the line at Ikea. <laughs> What'd you get? Or do you yeah. I, I, I got, well, I, what I ended up doing was, l- because what I need is a chair, like a reading chair. I, I'm trying to change my life. Do you know what I mean, of Wayne? Of course, I know. It. I speak English. I know every one of those words. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so I'm going to. <laughs> I'm actually doing shortwave radio therapy right now. I've been really? talking about, I've over been, and out. I've been, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad. Right. I've been doing more. Sco- How, I've been doing Hollywood more sco- calling. Therapy. Hollywood calling. Come in. Come in. Is there a therapist available? Yes, Hollywood. This is London. Go ahead. Niner. Yeah. <laughs> No, not CB therapy. No, do that one next. Breaker one nine, breaker one nine. (laughs) Buddy, you got your ears on because I got a couple things I'd like to talk about. (laughs) Come back, come back, come back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's my little CB improv. over but uh but i need a so so i'm trying to do that thing i'm I'm trying to follow the advice of people because i am so involved in screens all the time yep tv ipad 
computer. I have two computers now. Do you have I'm, a phone with the screen on it too? I didn't know they had those. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's something. Yeah, I got to get one. Yep. Um, they're called screen Don't phones. Give them these ideas. Screen phones. Yeah, <laughs> I have one of those. But so I'm trying to reorganize everything. So I do that thing where you don't go on screens anymore after with an hour left for bed, right? They say you sleep better that way. Right. So I'm trying to do that. And one thing I was like, well, I'm not going to just like Stare at the sit wall. with my hands folded, <laughs> yeah. you know? So I'm trying to set up a chair in my bedroom so I can just read and then fall asleep from that, which would be great because I don't read anymore, right. you know? I never read anything except like the first line of every paragraph in an article from the New York Times about some terrible thing that just happened, you know? Um, but I'd love to go back to reading books. So anyway, I was looking for a chair, but I didn't want to just buy one online because yes, yeah, so you I have a just just a question. Do you have a specific color you need for this chair? Because I think I may have the answer for you. Wow! I bought one that's a specific color, but go ahead. What's, What's your answer? Specific? It's called redchair.com. Say it at the same time. One. No, 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 no. no. What color? Flower. No. <laughs> Glenn Plaid. It's no, I've been on this kick where I want to, and I'm not going to do it ultimately, but I had talked about um, painting my entire bedroom black mm -hmm. and putting in blackout curtains. Yep. Because actually a listener of this... A listener of this CB radio pretty bad. A listener of this show has a room like that in his house that I stayed at when I was in Georgia one time, oh. and it was the best sleep I've ever gotten. Right, no lights, no light sources, see, no see, reflective somebody, yeah. surfaces. Somebody said if you can't see your hand, that's how dark it should be in your room. I couldn't find my hand. Oh, much less see it. Was it was folded in front of you. This yeah. is the way you sleep. Yeah. Uh, it was behind my head okay. the whole time. <laughs> Uh, then I felt something. Oh, it's my hand. That's funny. <laughs> I was yelling. I was like, "Where is it?" Uh, but no, it was. It, I, I slept there twice, and it was so intense and great. Ultimately, I'm not going to do that. I am going to make it dark in there. Um, and I, my thought was to keep it sort of monochromatic. But then I was like, "That's fucking boring." So anyway, I looked at a bunch of these chairs and sat in them. Like I was the guy going from chair to chair to chair to chair to chair around the showroom. Yeah, this is in IKEA. In IKEA, yeah. yeah. yeah to see what was the most comfortable. And I found one that I really liked. Fairly simple. It's just a wing chair, you know, uh, but comfortable to sit in for reading uh, with an ottoman to throw my feet up. And oh, nice. uh, so I, so I, I, so what I did was I wrote them down because I was like, I don't want to like go and drag them and, you know, whatever. Then you order online. So I ordered online, but I actually okay. ordered them so I have to pick them up tomorrow at the Ikea in Burbank. So I'm going to meet that girl back there. <laughs> and see Wait, if I can get Wait, they don't deliver to your house, Ikea? They do, but it's expensive. Oh, it's an extra charge. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What? Is it any charge at all to just pick it up at the store? It's like $5. Yeah. Okay. What color? The chair, is, <laughs> the chair is green. Thank you, Amber. The chair is green velvet. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And, what, what and the you ottoman, too. No, the, reason, no, the, the ottoman reason. is... I don't remember what the ottoman is. I went through so many different... Oh, the ottoman is like a dark blue, sort okay. of. Okay. Um, Reason is I'm also looking for chairs. Uh -huh. um, Me too, by the way. Yeah, the three of us. I'll Amber, take a chair. Amber's all good. <laughs> Amber's, and Why don't we buy two, play some music, see who's <laughs> sitting when the music goes off. <laughs> That's who gets to keep the chairs. Um, yeah, because I'm thinking of doing therapy over the internet. And I want a comfortable... <laughs> no, I was... And I found a chair. The problem was that we only came in one color, which was like a white, maybe a little egg or whatever, uh -huh. you know. Yeah. But it was an unbelievably comfortable chair at a place called Costco. 
and, 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 and it was can... one of the most comfortable chairs I've ever sat in. I was like, probably a good deal too. It was, of course, of course, yeah. They nail it. It's Costco, <laughs> not cost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that was my. <laughs> no sense. <laughs> it's true. It is true though what he said. <laughs> but you can also get covers for those things. That, again, now we're going. You can get like something. a slip cover. I don't want. I don't. I don't. I don't like slip. I don't like any of that stuff. You know what I'm talking about? I Jamie? do. I have yeah. one for my couch, and it just doesn't feel yeah, right. Yeah, it's never going to feel right. I also think white is not a great. I'm just letting you know. No, I didn't buy it. Okay. Because of that. Yeah. If it was any other color, I might have bought that chair. Spaghetti sauce like that. That's why I'm saying, if you were looking for a white yeah. chair, I had yes, the first thing. I had a beautiful, drooling. beautiful white couch. Oh, in my New York apartment. Yeah. It was a great, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, <laughs> tremendous, very big, tremendous. tremendous. No, it was really nice. The fabric was, was really nice. But what a mess, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, very, very quickly. No, of course. In of fact, course. that's the story we still tell about my niece is that uh, who, who went to the prom uh, last night. Uh, she was in my apartment on 9-11. She was nine days old, and she shat all over my white couch, you it's know? the worst thing that happened that day? Yeah, it was a disaster. <laughs> it was a disaster. Were there first responders? <laughs> there were like you were the seventh first, responders. Were you the, were you the I was not the first, you were but not I was the first in the I was in the queue. Yeah, I was in the queue. Claim first responder on 9/11. <laughs> that was my point. Yes, um, I responded to this situation. I, I think we all responded. I didn't to ignore it. I didn't ignore it. So anyway, that was my trip to <laughs> right, IKEA you today. You responded to the TV when you were watching it, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> 9-11 back in the Whoa. news today, yeah. right? Yeah, I appreciate your service, Jamie. Uh, I'll never forget 9-11, Eddie Pepitone calling me on the phone. What the giggling, fuck? No, 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 giggling, going, should I still go to rehearsal downtown today? <laughs> and I was just like, Eddie, Jesus. Okay, when the people say never forget, I don't think that's the thing they're talking about, <laughs> just so you know. I know we're not supposed sure. to forget 9-11. Sure. Uh, Jamie, checking in. Hi. Um, so I'll start with, I think I have three things that tell a story. <laughs> you put up four fingers, first of all. Classic flam. Classic. <laughs> There's a bonus one. <laughs> um, well, I just got back from a, a week's vacation that was much needed. And so the, I'll start with an event that happened that kind of was like the final, like, oh, shit, I, I need a vacation so bad. Um, but I've been obsessed with my steps for years now. Mm -hmm. There's been some ups and downs, but back on There's like, conflicting theories on that, right? Well, I've, I've heard in the last couple of weeks that after 7,500 steps is diminishing returns. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what it makes sense to me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and it becomes obsessive, like everything. It's like you haven't walked at all. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Might as well have not done it. Right. The worst is when you go backwards after yeah. 7,500 and you end up at zero. Right. Um, but so I got home like at 11, 15 uh, in the evening, threw something in the toaster to, that would take about 10 minutes. I was like, that's 10 minutes. I can get 1,000 more You threw steps. something in the toaster. <laughs> yeah. Dying to know. What was it? You're talking about a toaster oven, right? A toaster oven. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you okay. said toaster. Because I was going to say, <laughs> there's not a lot of different thing. things that I go mean, in a toaster. A oh, that can last 10 <laughs> minutes in there. And a toaster is... So I threw a steak in the oven. toaster. <laughs> I think people do that. I've cooked salmon in a toaster. In the toaster, toaster oven. oven. Oh, oh. Now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get the uh, <laughs> distinction now. <laughs> uh, 
uh, but <laughs> I just threw some rice in the toaster. <laughs> Oscar Madison over here. <laughs> Burger in the toaster. Okay. I, th- I threw a tofurkey. It pops up. It. What a mess. <laughs> It's like I got married. Uh, I don't know how to use a kitchen. I don't know. <laughs> so I throw I throw a tofurkey sausage into the toaster oven. Okay, great. Thank you. This is very specific. Yes, an Italian, not just a sausage. I cut it in half. Tofurkey sausage, and then do I one of my regular loops? I go down um, Clinton to make a loop up around Melrose. I'm walking the streets. It's about it's you know pretty late at night, and there were like Melrose. Pretty dead. Not, not not a lot going on. Um, I'm on my way back up Melrose towards my house, and the street right before my street is Edinburgh, and I see a man walking towards me that I've seen in the neighborhood many times before. He's got a big grizzly beard. He's definitely homeless and um, has some psychological major psychological. The issues. beard is not a giveaway, by the way. No, <laughs> it could be any number of other things. Or it is. Or it is. <laughs> this particular beard. I just bought is, a chair. It's pretty grizzly. Um, but I've seen him yelling mm-hmm. to himself and acting kind of violent before. But there's a few of those people in my neighborhood, and it's getting worse. It's like uh, Fairfax, Melrose. I mean, all of LA is getting worse. Um, but I see him walking towards me, and you know, m- usual tact is don't make eye contact, keep sure. trekking ahead. It's the like, m- don't move, maybe they won't notice you Kinda. kind of. So Jurassic Park situation. Right. We kind of lock eyes. We're kind of like that reaching. lawyer got bitten in half. Mm. We're reaching the um, <laughs> intersection at the same time, and <laughs> I keep barreling down. He moved. You mean when he was sitting on the toilet? Yes. Yeah, okay, <laughs> and then he ran right. away. All right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that he flinched at that. You're saying that's the reason? He ran away, and the thing bit him in half. Yeah. Oh, okay. If he just stayed on that toilet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, is that the um, so sad. the Seinfeld guy? No, 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 no. Different guy. Okay. That guy got killed by a bunch of little lizards. Oh. <laughs> that guy is in, That guy is in Glengarry Glen Ross, right? They all are. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue. No, he was in Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's what you're thinking of. <laughs> no, I'm not. So I'm walking down the street. Put that mead down. <laughs> so I'm walking down the street, and we lock eyes. Perfect. So you could have avoided this whole thing. Well, there was just enough of that eye contact, and but then, so I, you know, just keep pick up my pace a little bit to keep walking on Melrose, and I'm almost immediately here, you little bitch. Mm-hmm. He's referring to me. You don't know <laughs> you that. Think. You're yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Well, when he started immediately then running towards me, I knew it was I was what? the little bitch in the story, and I was like. I don't, you don't know how to react to this, so I guess I guess I'm running now. Yeah. So I take off running down Melrose like I'm. He he's running at me fast, um, and he he's just trying to get his steps. Yeah. It's possible. He had a bag like a plastic bag with something in it, and he's like running towards me, and he's trying to like get it so he can throw it at me, um, and he trips and falls flat <gasps> on his face. <sighs> Which is, I can see it so imprinted in my brain of that moment of like him falling down and now he's really mad. And this seamless plastic bag like flung at me, he was trying to fling it at me and didn't hit me. And so I now have, he's fallen down, pick up my pace, run down the street um, as fast as I can, got some good distance. And there's a lady and there's a hotel on the corner of my house. Always put a lady between you mm-hmm. and somebody running at you. Is that an old? A broad. A skirt. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Oh, right. It's um, classic. She's uh, smoking a cigarette in front of the <laughs> hotel, which is on the corner of Hey <laughs> Rose, where I live. Uh, Why are you giving out your address? <laughs> where I live. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, can you edit that out? Um, so I'm like, uh, there's a crazy person coming right now. You might want to go inside. And she didn't speak English. I was like, crazy, go inside now. And um, in my recollection, I don't know if she went or not, but I just, like, I kind of eased up a little bit because I was like, I think... The motion is... I don't think he's... He's probably just still on the ground, or I don't know. Just he, It didn't, but he... It was like Terminator at this point, because um, I'm, like, kind of walking up towards my house, and he peers, like, you little bitch. <laughs> Wait, he shows up again? Yeah. There was a part two where now he's like, Oh my God, he's he's come back around the corner running. Um, so I dart back towards my house. No, you shouldn't be. You don't want that guy to know where you live. No, no, that's all. You should have gone to that lady's house. Yeah, mm-hmm. or the hotel or something. Well, I, I guess I had enough of a distance where I just, and then shot into the apartment complex area and just okay. got in my house as quickly as possible. He didn't see. Okay, that's, that's my nightmare. Uh, I know. <laughs> that that guy would know where you live. <laughs> Hi, I'm looking for a little bitch. <laughs> Can I speak to the manager? But it was so scary. My heart rate oh, was that so mean, up. You must mean Jamie. Yeah, that's, that's 60. I was yeah, like, what is happening in my life? I'm, I just got chased. Being chased yeah, is the weirdest that's thing. No, that's horrific. And, you know, I've, I've like four years ago now, I was, I was robbed. That's four years already. I think already. it's three wow. or four years ago. But it's just such a jarring moment of just like true like... Trauma kind of traumatic um yeah but it was the final straw of like I, I i'm so done with this neighborhood that, like that area there's so much good i feel like i'm in the center of the city and there's lots going on but like but between the scooters mm-hmm. and the lines down fairfax where people are buying t-shirts and it's just become such a nightmare kids playing on your lawn right. it's <laughs> the worst i'm yelling at them constantly People up with reservations right. at 545. <laughs> Millennials. <laughs> Their soccer costumes. <laughs> I But I became such an old man in that. And, but especially, it, was, it became such a fever pitch two weeks ago where it was like, and the stress of everything. I haven't left town in a while, but I haven't gotten like a true like vacation since Dynasty started. And so, so that this was, guy could still be around as far as you know. Yeah. He probably is somewhere. And I don't know if I anyone walking in at that point would have been a little bitch or he sees straight into me and <laughs> I was like, that was, I was like no that was definitely specifically <laughs> about you that was nothing to do with anything but you <laughs> that, that was that, that whole was complex his... like what if he's like sees into my soul and he has no and is like I'm a little bitch he sees a truth that no one else can see that was definitely not his mental illness bubbling <laughs> to the surface that was just about you so it was the timing to leave a few days later to go to the mountains couldn't have come at a better time so there's that story. Um, yes, there is. Where did you That's go a pretty good story. Yeah. Well, first of all, I know a little something about the mountains because I just read a, a group email you just It's a sent. geological formation. What was that? Just something because I'm on the oh, Dynasty yeah. typewriter mailing list. and you just, How'd you get on that? It's just a long process. It's a very <laughs> long, complex process. But it has, to, it has to, you start with the social security number, and then you get <laughs> the interview, pro, and then after that, there's the physical test. Well, congrats. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I was just reading about this today. It's amazing. Keep going. I think I know what you're going to say. Well, I booked. Write it down. Let's see if you're right. Let's see. 
One, two. <laughs> I, did you just say I booked? Yeah. Oh, weird. I booked. Holy shit. Check your pocket. <laughs> no. Sean. But I booked was from the last story. That guy was running at me and I booked. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's okay. I, um, it was, it's a hermitage about 10 miles south of Big Sur. So it's like a, I think, Catholic hermitage in the mountains. And I'd heard from someone at some point about this, and so I booked a couple of days. So it's silent, a silent retreat. Hold on. You heard from someone at some point about this? <laughs> yes. Okay. Just making sure. That's that sounds, sounds, right. sounds legit, yeah. <laughs> Checks out. I promise. No, that... I swear I, to I, God, yeah, somebody no, at some point told me this. You wouldn't remember who recommended this place to you? I, I don't think it's relevant to this. Oh, story. gotcha. You said, was but, somebody Catholic? No. Or a hermit? It was someone that had converted to Judaism. Oh, boy. Okay. Things did not go well at the Hermitage. <laughs> right. I'm going to guess Tony Gwynn, the baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> did he pass away? I think he did, actually. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. Go ahead. Sad. Um, but so it was a silent retreat. There's no internet. There's no phone service. It's, it sounds kind of like you guys are on similar... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do feel that. I, I run those in my bedroom. <laughs> silent retreats. All Hermitage. Black. Um, but there's a there's a chair, and that's it. <laughs> well, I was thinking a lot about that when you were when we were talking. So, two days, and it's the most gorgeous view ever. So you have your room. There's about eight rooms. There's a shared kitchen. You have a bathroom, a bed, a, a desk, and um, your own little courtyard that overlooks the Pacific Ocean. And oh, you're wow. so high up that like half the time you're just above the clouds. That's incredible. And it was gorgeous, and truly disconnecting and not having access to my phone, it forced me to do the thing that I always want to do at home anyway, like read at night. Oh my God. <laughs> Finally a chance. <laughs> I can do that at home if I want. I didn't do that there. You don't need to answer that question, Jamie. Nobody even asked that question. <laughs> So I feel like you answered it too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely didn't do that. Thing. And no one knows what we're talking about. Um, Everyone knows what we're talking about. <laughs> um, but th- when there's nothing, literally nothing. I'm above the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I fantasize about when I do it here. <laughs> and say. Um... But it was truly blissful in a way I haven't felt in so long. And it sounds like all of your dreams that you kind of, it, it sounds like a lot of the things that you always are craving. Yeah, just the silence alone. But I think the biggest thing was not having a phone to go to and to go to Instagram and all these things. Like I had to sit there and actually look at the nature, and it, which um, I recognize beauty. <laughs> I think we all do. But like when I go hiking or something, like, I feel like I look at like the mountains and like, how long do I have to look at this before? And All right, that's good. Mm. Now I can move on. I've Checklist seen that. Like bit. Chevy Chase in uh, Vacation. Remember when they get to the Grand Canyon and he goes, <sighs> okay, it's great. Let's go. <laughs> He's also <laughs> fleeing the cops. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's a good analogy for how I feel um, a lot of the time. But this was like, I had to actually sit there and get beyond the first few minutes and the like 15, 20 minutes later, I'm just like, I'm just still with the universe. It's totally quiet. And all I hear are the waves way down there. 
and being present with the sound of the animals and the bird. And there's crazy birds and animals, and I saw a snake. Um, that was terrifying. But it was truly like this getaway that I've needed. It, was, it took 24 hours to really feel some actual silence and really just getting some perspective of that was my question how long did it take to decompress from the buzz of modern society i think it, i wish i had two weeks but it took two days at this monastery to just really just feel some legitimately just um real respite of um and just it really is again the perspective of the the, the din of this city that just living here and every day and the people it was the i think the third day I was driving to a campsite where I spent the third night um, and I stopped at this really beautiful place it was a restaurant um, called like some Greek name and there's a beautiful gift store but uh, there's a lot of tourists there and it was like the first time seeing a ton of people in just even a couple of days and there's Kali Nukti? No mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, and there's this guy this like older guy that was ordering a, like a coffee or something and he wasn't getting his muffin on time and he was really just annoyed about this muffin and I was so just 10 minutes amongst people let again, it I was go like, man kinda it's the muffins coming I promise there's birds everywhere so I did a lot of hiking a little introspection I did a lot of writing I ate mushrooms so I got a bunch of mushrooms whoa eat. whoa whoa hold on what mushrooms uh huh um while you were on the silent retreat? No, the next day. No, actually, was I was... Is for hallucinating? Yeah. Back on my, okay, go ahead. So I had a, a bunch. I was going to take one day when I was up there. Not necessarily at the hermitage, but I was, like, comfortable enough where I was like, yeah, I'll take some. I'll just take half of them. I took a little bit more than half of them, and it was, like, a good, a good experience, mm -hmm. but, like, not, like, I wasn't tripping balls like well, it, it seems like, like it would be positive vibes and that's almost the most important yeah I, I, just, I knew it was like the set and the setting were perfect for just a good mellow I just look at this beautiful nature is that encouraged as part of your trip at the hermitage it wasn't on the website <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but um, and it was it was it's really very nice Catholic right yes yeah 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 mushrooms of Christ it's, it could be a very religious experience um but it was very good, and so I had some <laughs> left over. It was very good. <laughs> <laughs> it was just beautiful, and I felt so calm, and I forget if who at this table has partaken in those. Amber. <laughs> Sean, never. Never. Wayne, yeah, you have. I'm a drug experimenter. Like, I know everyone jokes about that, but I literally am. You try everything once. Yeah, at least once, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And you've done mushrooms mm -hmm. recently. Positive. My favorite drug. Me too. Well, finally, some common ground. <laughs> Sean, I think you should do it. I would never say that. Let's do you it right now. Live your life. Live oh, yeah, yeah. No, of course. Live your life. Not should. I just <laughs> like it a lot. And I, it is very much... You could. You could do it. <laughs> it's an option. It's an option. So, but anyway, the, the next day I went to a campsite. So the third day was staying in a cabin um, in Big Sur. And I had... This was part of the whole thing? What do you mean? The third day? This was the third day. So I left the hermitage. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I can explain. Um, he left. It's a diff It's a part of the same trip, but not part of... But he made it sound like it was part of the same trip. I mean, the third day was staying at a cabin in Big, St in Big Sur. So it's the same... 
Go ahead. I mean, I guess the details are still the same. The first two days were staying at the Hermitage. Yes. The third day was staying at a cabin in Big Sur. Yes. Sounds like those two things are connected. They're not. Go ahead. But they're connected. It's the same trip, but it's a different location. For you. For me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are you mad? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I appreciate it. I don't get it either. Um, and so I go. I come to this campsite, and it's cute. Um, I have a little. Are you cabin. by yourself? I'm by myself. Um, and I was. I hadn't. It was cute. It was cute. In what way? <laughs> like the little cabin. It was like. Um, it was a shared bathroom way off. There's like a little like general store that had like little Christmas lights and. That is, by the way, how Lincoln described his childhood home. <laughs> the cabin <laughs> is yes. cute. There's a shared bathroom mm-hmm. a little way off. A little general store. And an apple tree. Mm-hmm. Is that him? Nope. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So, I and it was a cherry tree, <laughs> right? <laughs> but isn't there an apple tree in Lincoln? No, sure. Right. Johnny Appleseed. Maybe. You're thinking of Adam and Eve. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Which oddly enough, there was an apple, red apple, near, next to a tree next to my cabin, which had biblical overtones, undertones, tones, tones, yeah, <laughs> ring tones. tones. So I hadn't intended to take more mushrooms. The apple was vibrating. (laughs) But I was like, maybe I'll take the rest and just enjoy this. It'll be mellow. It's less mushrooms than I had taken the previous night. So I took them. Sometimes less is more. This was the case. Like what all the drugs were in these (laughs) two parts of this mushroom that I ate. And so it was an unexpected... It was stronger... Much stronger. ...than you expected. And... Buckle up, baby. I buckled up, and the trees <laughs> just performed the most magnificent. It was like a showboaty, very felt, felt very like 1890 on a showboat. Um, like Splash Mountain. Yeah, Splash Mountain, and they, they were singing and dancing. Like and Thunder Road. I haven't seen Thunder Road. Hmm. I think like Showboat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just pure magic and... Especially unexpectedly, like, and uh, behind the cabin, there's this beautiful, like, cliff of, like, just green ferns and redwood trees. And when I took them, I was like, I'll kind of hang out with these these trees and and this greenery. It's so beautiful. This is where I'll have my whatever experience I have. But it was the more mundane trees right in front of the cabin that put on this show. And I love Showboat. Showboat. The old man, old river. man river just keeps on rolling. Like that kind of show? It was kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just so magical and probably the most comedic thing I've ever done, if anyone saw it unintentionally, was me trying to put a <laughs> fire in the fire pit. <laughs> dirt, like on out of my brain. <laughs> like rolling up newspaper, trying to you put it underneath. Died. It was really ill-advised. <laughs> I was like, this is how forest what was burned the, out. <laughs> what was the fire pit? It was like literally built into the ground like a little rectangular fire pit. I've got a bunch of firewood. Like concrete or rocks or... Like concrete. Uh-huh. Um, so I felt it was like worst case scenario. You'd burn down the concrete. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it just it did not... Fire pits are fucking take. cool, man. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That is my dream is to have a fire pit someday. That is so achievable. You have a fireplace. I can't do it here. Yeah, but that's not the same. There's something no, about I know there's the something pit. about I agree with that. The fire pit. I, I went to where was I? 
oh, I was in Santa Barbara. This was years ago with the chancellor. We went up to my friend's place in Santa Barbara and they had a fire pit in the backyard and it was one that you turn on and off. So I guess it must've been gas or something. But we sat out there till like four in the morning and then we were like, we should go to bed. And we went inside and we were like, no, that's too fucking cool. We went back out there and turned it back on and sat out there until the sun came up, you know? I, I just, I love, there's something about it, you know? Sitting there and fire and the pit. I agree. And that was the next more profound part of the trip was the mushrooms had already kind of weared off, but um, worn off. But I... Worn. Worn. Thanks. <laughs> Nine years ago, that I would have <laughs> never recovered. <laughs> it's true. Uh, uh, um, but at the end of the night, I just kind of walked through out the campsite where it's just families. Um, Probably came kids from in my restaurant. Yeah, yeah, kids in oh, their possibly. soccer costumes. Right. <laughs> just all Homeless ages. Homeless guy. He was there. And hey, how you doing, Jamie? Hey, a little bit. A <laughs> little bit. I wish I had a plastic bag to throw at you. And... No TV. By the way, I'm engaged to that lady you said. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, oh, little bitch. Thanks, <laughs> she still don't speak no English, but boy, do we get along. We get along great. So I had to cancel my Bumble account. <laughs> I'm all good. Now. He's on Bumble and he's <laughs> getting matches. I know what Bumble is. I'm out there swinging away. <laughs> good for you. I'm not just one thing. We all contain multitudes. <laughs> so true. <laughs> You think you know me? You have no idea. <laughs> so, just seeing these, these, all these families around fires, the most communal mm. and historically communal. Is that how you would describe it? Okay. <laughs> all these pioneer families in their Conestoga wagons, right, with their gas fire pits. I feel like it's very like um, classic. Like no, I agree with you. Like, yes, yes. Primordial. Early primordial. Man, early I think man. that is kind of like what I was... Primordial, yeah. like the soup. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is a huge portion. <laughs> and just once again, just every time I go to the mountains, I'm sure I've talked about it countless times. On Which mountains is this? This was Big Sur. The mountain. The mountain. Mm-hmm. The big mountain. Big big ocean. But Sur you call ocean, Big right? Sur the, the mountains... Mm-hmm. Not Big Sur. Oh, but I'm saying in general, every time I go to the, a forest. Any mountains. Yeah. I feel... Is this all the same trip? This is, yes, day three. So you're like the opposite of like Woody Allen. I don't mean in the sexual part. I meant in... I the, am, uh, as it turns out, opposite. <laughs> no. no, that... I heard you were very much like... Um, no. he, he only molests other people's children. Right, right, right. He likes them old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I meant that he's like, I don't like to be in the woods with the snakes and the spiders and all mm-hmm. of that. You I seem like you really like it. I do really like I mean, initially when I was at the monastery, I took this hike to where I was like, this is, I was scouting out where I would take the mushrooms and I went deep into the forest, but there were signs that said like mountain lions and Lyme disease. Yeah, that's, and that's like, a bummer. At a certain point, <laughs> that's going to get in my head. Possible yeah. broken shoelaces. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I saw a snake on the way down. Embarrassment. Just mm. like <laughs> and that freaks you out, the snake, a little bit? I hate snakes in general. Oh. But How this big was the snake? Uh, 11 inches? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. That's a worm. <laughs> 15 inches? Do you do snakes by inches? Feet? Depends on how big they are. That's so true. It was black. 0.7 feet. <laughs> um, so I decided not to do it there. Um, 
And then I spent two nights in Monterey. It was great. I came back. I felt Jazz good. festival? There's no jazz festival How happening there. How many clam chowder? There was a, a jade a jade festival. I was off. We are back. You're listening to the Long Shot Podcast. Something just happened where the thing got cut off, but hopefully we will regain the flow. Jamie, you were talking about being in the woods. Oh, yeah. <coughs> it was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my question. Um, you're basically alone with your thoughts. That's the point. But was that ever I Well, I've, I've been trying to do more meditation, mm-hmm. and I was really trying to as often as I could just watch my thoughts. And I think it was just the first two days just being there hard alone. To, hard to see. They are impossible to see. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I'm not going to say the thing I was going to say. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I was just so um, trying to be in the moment and so trying to be present. And I really feel like captured it more than I have in years, those first couple of days. So it really kind of bled into the, the rest of the trip. That's awesome. How long were you gone total? Only it was only five nights. That's a, that's a how many time. days? Uh, Great s- question. Six <laughs> days. <laughs> Twelve days. <laughs> I flew back every night. <laughs> so I got back Saturday. I drove back and went to the theater. We had a couple shows. And was it jarring to be back? Or well, that's what I'm getting at. Oh, sorry. I Jesus Amber. What an idiot. Got home. And um, just basically got ready, went straight to the theater. We had two shows. Wait, what happened in between? I went home right. to my apartment. You got ready. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Did your hair. Mm-hmm. Did your makeup. Mm-hmm. Nails. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no and. No and. <laughs> oh, well, let's go back. <laughs> I got some how, how, how about no? How about no? Keep going. So you go to these shows. And boy, did they look good. The shows? <laughs> the yep. nails. Oh, okay. Locked and loaded. <laughs> uh, oh, so I walk out at the end of the night, at midnight, after the last show, and my car, which I had parked in front of the gate, behind, in front of the alley. Uh, I hope this ends with was still there. Uh, and there was extra money stuffed uh, into I it. I hope it. You'll <laughs> never believe it. It was washed and it ran detailed. Great. It was detailed. <laughs> <laughs> never run better. It had been towed. And was was this because of the movie thing from a few weeks ago? No, but there's Saturday nights, especially now uh, during the summer, MacArthur Park has a music series. And so it's like the parking, which can already be tough on a Saturday night, is like. So we have the shared alley. They have like, they they keep like a van back there for catering. But almost every Saturday night, I can park in front of the gate if if I need because it's a shared alley. It's all good, it's legal. And. I did it like I have any other Saturday night, and they had my car towed. And they didn't even contact you? No. So I immediately like went to our manager. I was like, did anyone from next door like come over here and say, hey, is this anyone's car? I could listen. I'm not, I feel like I get in my head like I want. Like I, I truly, as a, as a human um, and, and, a, and a podcaster, want to fucking yes and like a motherfucker. And I've been listening to so many more podcasts, and I think I just get in my head more than ever here. But, but I truly. This is all new to you. This is this, these people are all. This <laughs> it's only been I can understand. I can understand that. You'll work into it. <laughs> well, I think it's, I have a self-awareness right now more than maybe. Oh, not more than ever. I would say not more than ever. No. <laughs> this is oh, is this a recurring course. theme? 
more than never. <laughs> I would say you're better than... Like you said earlier, remember when you flubbed one word mm-hmm. and you're like, I would have never recovered nine years ago? Well, I'm, I think I've been listening to a lot of Conan O'Brien's podcasts. <laughs> okay, we know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of Conan O'Brien's podcasts. Yep. I don't know if you know him. He went to Use Harvard. promo code Conan. Yeah. <laughs> And he's so <laughs> improvisational. And but he, literally, like earlier today, I was listening to the one with um, Thomas Middleditch and B- Schwartz. Ben. Ben Schwartz. Yep. And they're just playing. And I well, was that's like, their thing. That's yeah. literally their thing. Yeah. But I was oh, like, so, now you're so on the way here, even I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna play. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna do what Middleditch and Schwartz do. Yeah, those guys are. They're good at it. Yeah, another level. I think so. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, where was I? Who the fuck knows? Oh, your car was towed. You asked the manager, did anyone... Oh, yeah. So I was instantly thrust into this situation where, like... You have to test your zenness. And in the moment, I failed completely. Like Which I, is understandable and allowable because your car was towed. Yeah. I was so mad, and my girlfriend was there, and she was being so supportive because... I this like spent a few months of me just being a little bit more aggro and angry than I've been, and just easier to snap she digs that i don't think anyone digs it and i, I just, it's still not me i don't like that version of myself <laughs> <laughs> um but i so snapped into so, so quickly like fuck this place fuck la it, it, fuck it, the government like i go so quickly the, yeah. the, the government is where i go fuck to the police. yes because yeah i was so mad because i was like now i like i just wanted to go home right. and like kind of i kind of had Sunday to, to still kind of be on vacation before I had to go back to work yesterday. And so she just gives me a ride home. I try calling the tow company. and So you did go home? I got a ride home, yeah. You just wanted to go home and you went home? Yeah. Got mm-hmm. everything you wanted? Everything. I mean, of course, like the very zen way of looking at it, it was like, yeah, everything was fine, but I was just so angry and I had to wake up on Sunday morning and Uber to the, the lot. And then I get there and there's no one at the counter for 10 minutes. And I'm like, just boiling and yeah. fuck the government so hard this is <laughs> this is all the government's fault that i parked i can in the, really in the way if you want to get to it like i will describe how it is the government's fault um i know no one else does but i'm curious yes okay let's look at it i wanted to go inside your mind like why is this the this government? comes from where did you read this on reddit or where <laughs> did you find out i don't read reddit that it was the government's fault well i mean just los angeles the city of los angeles mm-hmm. allows tow cut co- to tow truck companies to exist in a way that can exploit us um in what sense well just even like today it's like at four o'clock to seven o'clock on wilshire boulevard no one can park there we had someone doing a rehearsal there at four o'clock the tow truck was ready like luckily they but you understand why that is it's an anti-gridlock zone there's no gridlock and there probably hasn't been because nobody parks there (laughs) there's almost no traffic in that area I'm all for <laughs> anti-gridlock zones where they're necessary. Mm-hmm. But the fact they're that they're not necessary in my backyard. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I <gasps> Middle Ditch and Schwartz, <laughs> what are you doing here? You guys, he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it did come with a negative, which would have made it tougher to play. Uh, you know, I'm not following the improv rules. <laughs> Uh, who does really? Uh, Woody Allen. Uh, there's a moose. <laughs> anyway, it's yes and not yes and and and. I'm getting there. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe so. Um, 
But yeah, like the, the fact that there's tow truck drivers waiting just to take advantage of people that might have left their car for one extra minute when there's literally no traffic to me, that, that's not... But okay. then what's the, what's the line? If it says no, no parking four to seven, should I let it go at one minute? Two minutes, three minutes, four minutes. I don't minutes, think there should be five tow trucks minutes? anywhere. I think it's like if <laughs> I can't wait. Keep going. Keep going. There should Six. be some sort of oversight. What if your car breaks down? What do you mean? How do you get your car places if there are no tow trucks? I think there should be tow trucks available for AAA emergencies. Okay. But no car should ever be towed. If if necessary for because it breaks down. Yeah, we if it's blocking <laughs> things that need but to be they moved. they thought that yours was blocking things. It was blocking things. It was blocking the alley. It was blocking the alley. Where, but we have a, a neighbor that we have a shared alley, so it should be their responsibility. I feel like it's more you should be mad at your neighbor more than yeah, the government. Absolutely. Oh, That's no, for feeling. sure. I'm, I'm more mad at my neighbor. Oh, okay. Have, that you, was just have a, you discussed it? That's a separate issue. I'm not blaming the, the government straight up. But then when I did get my car... Yeah, but the government are the ones who allowed my neighbor to buy the place <laughs> next to me. The, there probably is a way to connect those things. Um, the government... Let's, well, yeah, we don't have to get into the government. <laughs> it's not all Eddie? good. Eddie? It's, oh, it's not all good. <laughs> it's not all good. They do a lot of... I mean, and all through this, I've been reading this awesome book called... Um, how to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. Anyone familiar? No, tell me. What else did he write? I feel like I know his name. Yeah, more food books? The like Dilemma. The Carnivore, no, yeah. That's not the guy I'm thinking. Have you read this book? Yeah. Andrew, the one about How to Change Your Mind? Yeah. It's about the, the um, history of psychedelic drugs in this country. It's fascinating. So you're reading, you're eating. It really did all kind of feed in together. The government like, doesn't let us have psychedelic drugs. Well, here's the, th I mean, to encapsulate it, like the, the most interesting part was like the, they're starting to do like research with psilocybin and LSD in the, I think the 40s, if not the 50s, and they're starting to really do scientific research. Um, and it was beginning getting some traction and actual like, you know, Andrew, how would you describe it? It was making progress. Making progress and getting, and they're starting to use it in psychology and therapy for very... And of, then, of course, Timothy Leary comes along and kind of spouts Gives his it mouth. a bad name. Gave it a bad name. But, um, yeah, and then it became illegal. And now it's getting some traction again. But it's so interesting. But the government, <laughs> the government, man, <laughs> they, they're the ones that actually, in an experiment for the CIA, gave it to Ken <laughs> Kesey, um, who then did his acid experiment test. Electric Kool-Aid acid trip. It might be Keezy. I just I think it is. Just that, not that it matters. Just <laughs> in the future when you're talking about that. No, it's good to know. It's Keezy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. So Ken Keezy. Anyway, fuck the government. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Oh, but on top of everything else, I have like a parking ticket because. Oh, yes. Right. That's the worst. You have to pay for the towing and the ticket. ticket. And the, I mean, that's the biggest scam of all is <laughs> parking <laughs> tickets. <laughs> You, I ever, mean, you ever heard of Three Card Monty? <laughs> Which they're doing on Fairfax every day. There's Three Card Monty people. Just That's a big scam. Yeah. <laughs> but parking meters, it's A, the you prices. Heard of Bernie Madoff? I think I learned all this from Andrew, too. Like, do you know Trump like Towers? Xerox. Trump Soho Hotel? <laughs> do you know that the Xerox has a contract with all of our parking meters? So they're 
all of our like a big percentage of the money we pay for parking tickets and parking meters goes oh, to Xerox. It's they like they're printing money, basically. <laughs> <laughs> good. That was a yes end. Just so you know. <laughs> you heard what you said, and it's uh, uh, I that I didn't know, nor have I ever heard of, and it sounds crazy. <laughs> Are you sure you haven't been on Reddit? I don't go to Reddit. They buy the license. They buy the license. They buy the license. Xerox. Not a subsidiary of Xerox. Xerox. Uh, That's how Xerox makes their money. (laughs) It's parking meters. A lot of people think they're about technology, but (laughs) they're really about, yeah, fuck Xerox, fuck the government. But I think the main problem is your relationship with your neighbor. Which have you talked it out? Yeah. No. Well, first I talked to my building manager to make sure I was handling it appropriately, and so I sent an email today, giving them the first like they was will pay for it. Was there a change in policy? They will pay for it. I will make them pay for it, or I. Oof. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait to see. That's not the same as they will pay for it. That's a different. Slightly, thing. slightly, but very important. Slight. Difference. I've sent an email. Oh, okay. Okay. okay, you're right. Well, we take it back. <laughs> no, you know, who, you know who makes money off those emails? Xerox. <laughs> they reprint them. I. Look at you. I was a little. I that knew was, it wasn't you did good. it again. <laughs> but yeah, the email gives them the opportunity to um, confess. To say that they will to um, volunteer to pay for it because they should. What did the email say? We're gonna be here all night. My <laughs> car had been towed by one of your managers. No one at any point had come over to ask if it was one of our cars. Um, but the other thing too is they were in contact with one of our managers about other stuff via text that night. Do you think? Do you think they're trying to fuck you? I don't think they're trying to fuck me. I think there's. You think it was a mistake? Do you think it was an honest mistake? I'm giving them the option. I'm putting that in the ether. I'm not... Possibly. I'm going to give you the option. You can pay for the tow truck, or I'm going to pay you a visit. It's up to you. I'm not going to pay you, but my friend Vito... (laughs) I hope this doesn't get out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, okay, if they are... We're not releasing this. (laughs) I only want good, positive relationships with my neighbors, and we have only to this point had good, positive relationships. Then you need to go... An email does not do that. It's A face-to-face conversation does that. If you go and say, I don't understand why somebody didn't come over and say to me, there's a car blocking, whose car is it? Is it your car? It's my car. I can go move it. Instead, you just zero to 60 just like that, had my car towed, fucked up my whole Sunday, and I want to have a fucking good relationship with you guys. That is what would do that. I don't know about that. I'm happy with the email. <laughs> email is totally fine. Email seems so passive aggressive, and I feel like this is the kind of thing that only gets solved face to face. That might be the next step. But if they don't say in the next email, oh, here, if you send us the... They're not going to say They're that. Definitely not going to say. They're that. not going to say that. A hundred percent. That's not how businesses. But if you go see them, <laughs> I will go see them if they don't, because I will get them to pay for this. I'm not like they. I will be reimbursed, or or what? Or, or I won't. <laughs> or I'm going to Mike. What are you, I, Donald Trump? <laughs> well, I am laying down the law. You will pay for this, or. Oh, but I sent them the email, and I'm going to wait till they hear back. And then, then if they say, like, and then I, then I will ask for the money. Okay. 
Okay. And your and okay. your and your email said you have the option of paying for this or something or there will be consequences, basically. Oof. That will be the next email. What was this one? This one was like, hey, here's what happened. My car was towed. LOL. And you're, you were hoping they're just going to say, here's oh, we should check. pay for here's that. Yeah. We're going to send you this. Check. That ain't happening. Yeah. Well, say there is a possibility of that. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I, you guys might, yeah. I can't wait to hear. Yeah, that. I want to hear what happens next. I will let you know. And if if they don't, I will then suggest it still kindly. Like, well, here's what it costs for the tow, for the parking ticket, for the Uber. Throw in the bagel. The gas. Nine dollar bagel. The gas. Throw that in. <laughs> and the nine dollar bagel. <laughs> and ruining your and zen then, state of mind. I'll just send them an invoice. Maybe I'll just do that. A bag of mushrooms. Throw. And just psychological damage in time. The government. I've, yeah. Anyway, though, that is all to say, about halfway through Sunday, it kind of dissipated. It really, I mean, that was really... After you had your car back. After I had my car back. Mm. I went to go see That's my... That's what I said, after you have your car back. Yes. And... Come on, just keep going. Okay. So, and I've been okay since. Like, it's now Tuesday. I don't know, man. You sound a little wound up about this whole thing. Well, I haven't been thinking about it. Yeah, we got you fired up. I got a little bit fired up. But um, they are going to pay for this. (laughs) Well, it's it's justice. (laughs) This ain't a just world, baby. I I, I get that. Uh, All right, what else, Jamie? I think that was more than enough. Definitely. <laughs> okay. Seven hours Wayne, checking in. Well, there's no checking in. You all know what's going on. I went to Costco. I looked at that chair. <laughs> I ate at El Torito. You know what's going on in my life. All you can you eat. Know, you know, yeah. You, what was your favorite thing on the all you can eat menu? Well, it was like it was like this. Um, it looked like a beef stew. I wish I knew what it was called, but it was that baba ganoush. No, it was better than that. It was it was just tremendous. Like with the baklava. Big, with the big chunks of. Beef, you know, beef in it in the sauce. That's because I like my food very uh, wet. Okay, is the way I like food. So it was delicious. Sounds really good. Yeah, man. But I didn't have any of the chips with the. You know, good they, for you. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm, I'm, that's usually the. F- I know, I know. Well, I'm. I was diagnosed. I'm pre-diabetic. Oh So shit. I'm dealing with that. It's better than post-diabetic. Post. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> with no foot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we laugh, but it's I nothing know, to joke I about. I know, of course, dialysis. Like, I understand. Serious. It could be horrible. <laughs> I agree with this. So I'm, I'm trying to watch that part of what is I, the what led to pre-diabetic. Well, I, you Just know, every time pre. I on oh, this last time I was on this podcast, I, talked, I I lived on fast food for like I'm going to be 60 in a couple of weeks. So like my whole life, like that's what I ate, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to change this up. It's just too much carby and sodas. So um, that's did the, the, what did the doctor did, did he say something specific? Okay, first of all, it was a woman. Sean. Oh, Sean! <laughs> so they might not have known what they were talking. Right, about. Right, right, right. So I got a second opinion. Got a second opinion. So like, uh, no, she was just. She said to me, she goes, "Look, Wayne, you just have to lose." She used the word belly fat, and uh, she said, that's "Cute." Yeah, she, she goes, it's don't, a "Compound word." Yeah, don't, don't, don't panic, but like. You got, I'm like, all right, I think I can finally think about what I'm eating. So, um, so what, what instead of soda? I do a lot of water and I also do very um, watered down lemonade. Do you miss it? Yeah, yeah. With sugar in the lemonade? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't do the, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but it's it's because everybody's always like, oh, it, you just slice up some lemons and throw it in the cold water, and it's yeah. delicious. Yeah, Noting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I'm get, I'm very good. I'm doing is it's getting the lemonade is getting more and more opaque mm-hmm. as mm. I less more and more water less. That's opaque. how Robin Williams quit drinking. It is mm-hmm. it worked well for. And then me. he went right back to it. Man, the last time I saw him, he was had, had literally had a bottle of vodka. Yeah, yeah. Not oh, I'm like holding a bottle yeah. in a bag drinking vodka. You've seen him like that, right? I never saw him like that, but I heard stories. Yeah, yeah. It about was pretty sad. It was like birds. Really, like that. Level. But he did say, like he would say, it was e- it's easy to quit drinking. You just like dilute it and dilute it and dilute it and <laughs> oh, dilute it until there's nothing alcoholic in there anymore. Right. And then there he was with a full like pint glass of yeah. vodka dancing on the bar at, at Birds, you know. Yeah. So so anyway, that's my update. That's my update. So it's been good. And it's going well. I would say, yeah, I think so. Cut to no foot. <laughs> cut two, cut no off. pun intended. Cut two, foot off. <laughs> cut two, dialysis. Cut two feet off. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. How long have you been on this? It's been journey? about four months now. I'm at three and a half oh, months. Yeah. Your baby Is Andrew your life coach? You keep looking yeah. at him when you talk about this stuff. Well, Andrew like, and I are working smile. on a project together, so we unfortunately has to hear like these. Can, can, you, can you tell us about your project that you're working well, on? Well, very briefly, very briefly. Go into deep. detail. <laughs> The opposite of briefly. It's called the history of stand-up, and we do deep, very produced episodes about uh, this art form. And we're in season two now. Amazing. How we many? Got, how many episodes in season one? Six. Yeah. We did six episodes, and they take a long time to produce. Sure. They're very. Um, what did you say? It was forty hours for thirty minutes of episode, of show. We were we hadn't really thought about it, but when we broke it down, I think it's about that. It takes us about. Our shows are between 30 and 45 minutes, so it takes about 40 hours of work between the two of us. Wow. It might Wayne, even Wayne, be Wayne said that to me when he came in. I thought he was joking. I was like, that has to be no. an exaggeration, but that really is. It may be even more when it goes to all the research I do. That mm-hmm. just I'm constantly reading. I'm reading a book right now about um, a comedian named Burt Williams. I'm sure none of you know about him, but he's a very important guy. Um, but that's uh, so if you count that, too. What was what was important about Burt Williams? Well, we're, he's the first. He's, I'm going to call him black as opposed to African American because he's not African. He's from um, a little place called the Bahamas, mm. and uh, he was the first like big black comedy star to be on Broadway and be star in the Ziegfeld Follies. And so this was with the 1920s, or this is earlier than that. Earlier. Yeah, yeah. The 1910 was the first Ziegfeld Follies he okay. was in, but he was in multiple. Every summer it was a new Ziggler. New, new review. Yeah, and he was he was so popular and great, but sometimes he couldn't stay in the hotel he was in, Jesus. and uh, and W. C. Fields. I'm sure you all know that guy. He said he was the funniest guy he ever met, and also the saddest, just like what he had to go through. And so I really wanted to find out kind of like how he got to be this big star. And his name's Burt Williams. He had a big hits, and he's like a multimedia star. He was in these silent movies and he had uh, these okay. records that sold a lot uh, he had a, his big hit was called nobody and so what knows what, what was his uh, what, I can't really what, what was his <laughs> I can hear people clicking off no, all not at all. what was his shtick okay his shtick was he started out with in a comedy team but once he like branched his, out he branched out on his own very much like Charlie Chaplin he found this character there's a name for it. I've already forgotten it, but it's uh, it was like 
this kind of the sad sack guy. Like everything happened to him. So it was very human as opposed to just like a broad. Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's you can look up on YouTube. There's a great footage of him. One of his great bits was playing poker. It was called Dark Town Poker Game or Dark Town Poker Night or something like that. And he it was all like excited and then just the miming stuff yes total and it used to be done with a single spot in the middle of the stage you would do this thing and people went nuts for it and it's still hilarious to this day music I mean, or no music i don't that's a good question i don't think i don't know mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know but uh but again he wasn't like a stand-up like hey what's going on i'm the sad sack my guy. wife is crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's going sad on with the I, my car got towed today you know whatever <laughs> the, it's the government <laughs> Yeah, so he wasn't. Always that, is. <laughs> he wasn't that. There guy. shouldn't be tow trucks. But um, and here's the other kicker: for most of his career, performed in blackface, even though he's black. Oh shit! Yeah, it's really intense. It's really intense. So that's the kind of fun reading I'm doing. But anyway, that's uh, that's one of our episodes we're doing about the Apollo Theater and then about kind of black show business around it. There was something called the Chitlin Circuit. Have you ever heard of that, Amber? I haven't. Yeah, that was uh, kind of a black clubs. Or Jamie? I have heard of it. You have? Yeah. All right, there we go. So, yeah. So, it was also and, for and music, too. Yeah, yeah, mainly for music, yeah. to tell you the truth. And the main, the crown jewel of this tour, of uh, this circuit, was the Apollo Theater in New York, which is still killing it, you know, for different reasons. But, yeah, that was like, if you play the Apollo, that was... Like incredible. The yeah. So the yes. so the Apollo was part of the Chitlin circuit, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was the the, peak, the pinnacle of it, right? Yeah. But so I guess my question is because to me the Chitlin circuit, and this is just from what I have known from my travels mm. through the stand up world, right. is to me the Chitlin circuit was more like the South Southeast. That's area. what everyone. It is, They're, but that's not the case. It is part of it. Part of the Chitlin circuit is these big theaters, the Apollo, the um, the Regal in Chicago. That was like a black theater. The um, Uptown in Pennsylvania, in uh, Philadelphia. So they would have these big, uh, the Howard in Washington, D.C., these big, th incredible theaters. But also these little honky-tonks and shacks and like converted, like once a week they would convert a high school gymnasium and that would become a club. Or the storefront would have a, a night. So it went from... The lowest, like, here's, you know, a dollar to get in to listen to this R&B guy to these incredible theaters. But so you're, saying, was, you're saying Chicago, Philly, New York, D.C., so were there lots of these little places in those areas, too? Well, it would seem like those big cities, because I don't had more of these big arenas and this in the South, like these little places. Oh, the South is yeah, where the little yeah, places Yeah, like you're were. in Dothan, okay. Alabama, or something like that. It's just going to, it might just be like a little theater or a converted honky tonk or something like that so mm -hmm. yes so in a way you're not in a way you're 100 percent correct correct it is a number of these little theaters as well as these huge and it was all black this is before there was a real separation that's why burt williams is so incredible because he was allowed to play in something like it's white like vaudeville Follies, yeah. yeah and the white vaudeville like he was at the, at the palace like that was almost that was how good him. he was that's how good he was burt williams yeah and he was he was crossing over yeah, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, that's enough about that. But anyway, so Andrew, and that's why Andrew and I, we spent Good a lot of time so, editing. So, so, so can you can you just you don't have to go into detail, but Thank can you, you give us some examples of some of the other episodes you've done? Can you just describe every single episode? Okay. <laughs> so people don't have to listen to your show. <laughs> well, well, the whole point is like it's for people who are interested into stand up. Right. I just don't know how much of you know 
your average listener would be behind this interest. I think a lot of people yeah, who listen to our so show too. would be into that. Okay, stuff, for sure. well then, well for this year we're doing. And if not, they should be. The first season was an overarching view from vaudeville to Netflix. We called it like from the when they before they even turned called stand up. Stand up, yes. Right. And what those guys were doing to, you know, Ali Wong and all these comedians getting huge, and Mulaney and stuff doing these Netflix specials. So like that, whatever. And the with the Tonight Show, it. yes, the bridge, the store, <clears throat> the, you know, the Tonight Show, Carson, da da da. The 80s if you comedy, get called to the couch, apparently yes, that's a big deal. Of course, you go through all of that. The 90s <laughs> alternative comedy that's popped up. Janine Garofalo. 1991, big yeah. and tall bookstore. We go into it yeah. like the whole arch of the whole thing. Luna Lounge? We mention it. We mention it, okay. yes. That's in New York, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the alt club. As a matter of fact, the New York Times in 1996 said that Luna Lounge, and again, New York has a lot of comedy clubs, was the best place to see stand-up in the city. That's how popular. In '96, they said that. Yep, yep. Why are you saying? Why are you? Why are you squinting? We'll talk about it. Later. Okay, okay. So, uh, so that was the. But this episode, then we're like, we get picked up for season two again. Picked up for show. We're making no money on. Okay, who, well, who picked it? you up? Yeah, who, know, who made the call? The whole thing is ridiculous. Oh, you got picked up. All right, keep doing this. <laughs> We've been picked up for 17 have, seasons okay, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's absurd, of course. Um, so we were thinking, what do we want to do for the second season? So we decided, Andrew and I, and uh, that we were going to do kind of scenes and the uh, specific venues. So like one of them is the Apollo, and in the Apollo, we're going to tell the story of the Chitlin Circuit and Burt Williams going back to and all of that. Sandman. Sandman Sims, he was the guy that got the guys off the stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, we're gonna talk about him. Uh, another one is called the Holy City Zoo. That one's already up. That's about this small little club in San Francisco that kind of Robin Williams, Williams came out. Yeah, oh, mm -hmm. so you know this whole mm -hmm. stuff. I don't, I don't have to do this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, and about that, but by telling the story of Holy City Zoo, we also kind of told the story of San Francisco, the boom comedy. Hate Ashbury. Yeah, well, there was a club in there called uh, the Other Cafe, which was had a different vibe than the zoo. And Ken Kesey, Steve Martin, Ken Kesey. There we go. And then, yeah, Steve Martin. Made, Are you supposed to just say names? Did, yeah, well, he did his <laughs> album at the boarding house. Yeah, he, that, let's get small. Mm -hmm. You know all of this. So that's one. Another one. But no, do you mind if I <laughs> fart? <laughs> it's right off the album. <laughs> and then one we're doing uh, upcoming. This week, it's incredible. Is about. Um, the Meltdown show at Nerd Melt oh. that uh, Kumail and Jonah did for six years or something. And so we're going to interview those guys and like what made that like such a scene, you know, like, and that's our most recent uh, history, right? That's our most yeah. recent. So there might be a Dynasty in the Future episode about, Whoa. you know, what's going on over there because it's a real scene. It's a real happening. No, I know. You know, and like, why do these things happen and they get big and then they, Sometimes they, you know, Shrinking. contract. And so, um, and then what are the other? Oh, we're doing, um, uh, oh, there's a place in Chicago called the Lincoln Lodge. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Abe Lincoln. That's <laughs> so cool. I thought it was very cute. <laughs> that, that so cute. Back to the yeah, but out of this place in Chicago in the early 2000s. Canaan and Bronger. Not, not, that's not even a T.J. Miller um, Kumail, um, 
Who am I missing? Jordan, Pete Holmes? Jordan, Pete Holmes? Wasn't Jordan Vote Roberts part of all that, too? What? Cameron Esposito. Cameron Esposito. Like, and I, so I, the reason I want to do that podcast is because I talked to Pete Holmes about it just briefly ago. So what? I guess you all like auditioned and got into Zanies, you know, which is the big comedy club there. It's like, no. No, we created our own thing. Do it yourself. And all of these, oh, uh, Hannibal. Mm. Like, it was just this amazing, like, so I want to know, like, what happened there in Chicago at that, at that time, in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And then we also do one that are a little looser, like uh, comedians who've hosted the Academy Awards. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's a fun one. And then uh, another one's comedians who do one-person shows on Broadway. So that's kind of There's like... There's a, a lot, right? Not that many successful ones. Uh, like Wazamo? Yes, John Leguizamo. Gilda Radner. She did a very short one. Yeah, that was mainly more to film that. Yeah, by herself. But Spalding like, Gray? Yeah. I mean, we, t- we mentioned Spalding. Bogosian? Eric never did. I don't think he did Broadway. No, he you're right. Broadway. I saw him off right? Broadway. Yeah. He was incredible. Do you know Eric Bogosian? Jamie? How much? Oh, Danny you, Hawk? Do you know you, did Yeah, you sure. He was like the rapper. Not a comedian, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but like Lily Tomlin had mm-hmm. a couple very successful shows. And there was a guy named Victor Borga who had set the record. I've talked about him we on just this show. Him, like, what? Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? Remember the commercials were always on TV. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I found, by the way? This is going to be, I don't want to spoil this. Can I spoil it, Andrew? Okay, you know this is called fanatic punctuation. So yeah. how would you explain the bit? He, so he makes of, the shape of the punctuation with his finger in the air and makes a sound right. that goes along with it. Because you can't say punctuation when you're reading. You can't go period or something. So he was like at the end of a sentence to go, right? And a question mark would be, <laughs> right? Okay, so, <laughs> so and then he would read a story, and it's obviously quotes and all of that. So... Um, so this was his one of his great bits. Uh, we find a recording from Victor Borga. He's not called Victor at that time. He was from, Danish, right? When he's back in Danish, doing the same thing in Danish before he could even speak wow. English. Wow. Yeah. That's it's pretty awesome. crazy. Uh, where, like uh, a recording, you mean like on a, on a record? Mm-hmm. Or, wow. Yeah. Like it's such an early comedy record. And, the, and that he later escapes Nazi, you know, escapes Hitler, goes to New York, Learns how to speak English by going to the movies. Just sat in the movies theaters all day, and then ends up doing this. And it translates perfectly. Most of the stuff he talks about is, "Dude, dude, where's my car?" <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's enough about that. That's enough about that. So it's very exciting and fun. Yeah, that's cool. But we work hard. It, we really, it's not you know, no, it's a different kind of podcast. It's a than, labor of love. It yeah. sounds like. No, that, well, when you when you want to no, do a show, no, <laughs> you know I, just, I mean, it sounds like a lot of work. It is. Like, it is. It does sound like a lot time. of work. We have a good time doing it. We are. This is too lazy of a crew to. to <laughs> yeah, we do thirty <laughs> minutes uh, for thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, a third for thirty. Yeah, yeah. It's real oh, time. Bill Simmons, I love it. I love uh, it. No, when you want to do an episode about the first ever stand-up show at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, yeah. which was called Hump Night from two thousand one to two thousand five. I am curious in that. Hosted by Sean Conroy and Eddie Pepitone. Just then let me know. Can I can I ask you right now? You can ask me some questions, sure. Because are you curious about this all, James? Sure. Okay, so these guys already know all of it. <laughs> they know that you hosted that, that <laughs> so there was no stand up at UCB. No. Oh, sorry. There was an open mic called Bogus Sting. And this is before um, 
This was Scott it, and Ackerman and all of that oh, stuff. Oh, this was in New York. Oh, in New York. Yeah, this was oh, 2001. Right, so we they opened out here in 2005. Oh, I thought it was six. See? No. I don't know. Fourth of July weekend, 2005, we did our preview shows. Andy Dick was the first monologist for both ASCATs we did that night. Uh-huh. Oh, this um, is good. Because, you know, when I wrote, I've talked a lot about UCB because I feel like they were a real, I don't want to use it, game changer, but very influential in the history of stand-up because they cracked a code on, like, eh, you don't have to sell drinks. You right. can just maybe make it low-priced. You'll, you'll get great crowds, and we... That's all you need to get great comedians is great crowds, right? Yeah. Any comedian, will, they want to perform. That's what they want, yeah. That's all they want. It's like, it's everything for them. So I, I feel... Oh, so, so we did this show. Mm -hmm. It started... I mean, I, I did Conan for the first time. Mm -hmm. He does a podcast, right? And the last time. <laughs> uh, Promo code. In October Logan. of 2001. So And I promoted that show on... Conan. Oh wow! And we hadn't done it yet, so the first show must have been somewhere in the end of October or early November. So you were in Studio Six A doing Conan. Yes, right. and promoting uh, Hump promoting Hump Night. Oh my god! And Eddie and I hosted. Was there any cost to the Hump Night? Uh, no, it was free. It was it was obviously Wednesday nights at eleven or eleven thirty. Oh, that late. Um, yeah. and we had on the first show we had Mark Marin. Dimitri Martin, the Sklar brothers, Holy Leo shit. Allen, and a couple other people, and we had about six people in the audience. That's wild. Um, Even with the Conan promo. Yeah. And then by that following summer, and this was at our theater on 100, uh, sorry, on <laughs> 22nd Street. It was 161 West 22nd Street. And it. Oh, this is before it went under that grocery store? Yeah, door? it was before oh. that. It was the theater that got shut yeah, down. Yeah, it was the I porn know. theater they mm -hmm, always talk mm -hmm, about, the mm -hmm. strip club. Yeah. Uh, and it fit about 100 people. And by that summer, which would have been the summer of 2002, uh, I think NYU had found out about it and a couple other schools and whatever. 9 11 and so it was, had happened. Right. <laughs> it was 100 and, 125 people every show. Oh, and unbelievable. It was and was it $5? No, free. 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 It was I'm always sorry. free. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's incredible. Yeah, it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. And how did you? Was UCB like we do improv here? We do heralds or whatever the names of those things are. No, I think I think is it because of you? Yeah, I think Besser came to me and said, "What uh, if we did a stand-up show that was booked on a regular basis?" And that was how it started. Well, didn't Leo end up doing like a great show there for years? Yeah. What was that called? That was called Whiplash. Yeah, I did on, that one on Monday nights. Uh huh. And was that, that was kind of that, that was kind of the successor. Like I left New York. Eddie left before I did, and I was right. hosting by myself. And then I got tired of hosting the show every week, and I would have somebody else host it, and I would just do What's spots. That? Yeah, yeah. And then I left New York, and I sort of passed the baton to somebody else. And a variety of things happened, and the show kind of died a little bit. Um, and then it's they were like, "We back. still well, no, they were like, well, we still well, want to do a show." Had, you, had they moved to the whatever they had opened out here, but the no, show. No, I meant the. Uh, oh yeah, by then we we moved there in I think in two thousand two. Getting the history, uh, I love it. This is fascinating to me. But we, I don't know if the dates are exactly right, but it was that was the theater that was closed down. We moved mm -hmm. from there into the basement of the Gristides 
and started doing the show there. I left New York, gave it to somebody else. The show died. They still wanted to do a stand-up show. They ended up starting to do it on Monday nights, and that was the show that Leo was a part of. That it was became Whiplash. Whiplash uh-huh. That somebody, who was it who said it to me? Some, some comic. I forget who it was. Maybe it was Sean Patton. No. Kumail. Somebody said to me when I was there one night, he was like, I, I think it was Kumail. He said, I think this is the best stand-up show in the country at, at Whiplash. You know. It. Um, yeah, no, that had a that had a. You had heard of that show, right? The yeah, I went to it once. You did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was a real. I did it maybe four or five times. And it was, it was a real always scene. just phenomenal. Yeah. And why do you think that was? Why? What made it phenomenal? Um, I think the booking mm-hmm. made it phenomenal, but I also think it's like it's one of those shows where the buzz becomes more buzz. You know what I mean? Like people knew about it. And did then you flyer? Did you do any kind of thing like that? Oh, for hump night? Yeah. For my show? No, that was all word of mouth. That was all word. Well, that was also at a time when it was kind of pre internet stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there were listings in Time Out New York every week, which was like a weekly yeah, magazine that yeah. came out. So with this is pre a special thing and all of that. None of that stuff. Oh, uh, different um, sections. You know, there was an art section, a comedy section. Did you feel? But like they had a literally a dedicated comedy section with listings for every night of the week, and whoever was writing it loved our show and would always write up Eddie and myself and the show. Did you feel at all in competition to with Rafifi's and those other shows? Rafifi was after us. That was after you. Mm-hmm. Um, it might there might have been a little bit of overlap, but no. And it was also a different night of the week. You know, right, right. it was okay. like, and I feel like Rafifi got big after I left New York. Okay. I'm not sure what the the dates are on that. Um, but that was another cool space that had a couple of different shows in it. And Rafifi sort of became this huge It's this interesting, huge right? That's kind of like what we were doing. I mean, we're done with this year, but like that's what fascinates me about these comedy scenes, like how they, how they become like a, you know, well, I wasn't living in LA and yeah. I think there was a special thing. And I was just getting into, mm-hmm. I think I want to pursue this comedy thing in this world. I'm still thinking about that, right? Very funny, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in L.A., hearing about Rafifi and probably Hum Night and all these things just through the message boards was crazy. Like it was like a special thing was like such a hub at that time. Um, So when I went to New York and just hearing about UCB through these things, it was so exciting to go see these things I'd heard about. Yeah. But it is still curious to me, like what puts those shows over the edge like the dynasty you know we're, we're getting these big shows but we still haven't cracked it for when we do our, like a we just book a lineup mm-hmm. it's yeah. still very hit or miss like it is um obviously it's it's if we get a huge i name, feel like it's a whole different thing in la though i mean there's a big difference between new york and la in terms of that stuff i for sure the pizza <laughs> the water it's all about the water uh, we have good water in Brooklyn okay no guys. I mean you know I could go I, I could go to Dynasty Typewriter and see somebody great some night but I could also go to the Laugh Factory or sure. mm-hmm. uh, the Comedy Store UCB or, or UCB or you know there's just so many more of those things going on every night where than you New could York? see than New York yeah um, still I haven't I lived there in 15 years. I don't know. I don't know. More, I don't know if there's more open mics than in New. I feel like New York is incredible with open mics now. Like they're all over mm-hmm. Brooklyn. They're all over Queens. They're like incredible. Like they've just figured out a way. Like oh, we'll use this bar. Can I ask you something? Because mm-hmm. this is something I just talked about that I hadn't heard of. Because you know, open mics. That's how 
comedians start their thing. Now, it's not only you perform for free. Now, I'm sure you're around where you would have to bring someone, like uh, bring a couple Well, that's a different thing from an open mic. No, no, no. Those are still open mics. Bringer shows are open mics. Wait. There's some now where they make you buy a drink or Mm -hmm. some kind of item just to perform for free. Mm -hmm. But the newest thing I've heard about, which, again, I never had to deal with, pay to play. I did that when I was in New York in 2010. Yeah, you paid There were several, like, in the village where it's, like, just five bucks. Put your five bucks in, and that's how you go up. That I never heard of. Yeah, you can. I do know that Hillary was all pay to play, and that's, you know, Trump was very against (laughs) that. No, I know bringer shows, yeah. but that to me was not an open mic. You felt that, like that was wasn't an open mic. No, because and I did them for the first three years, maybe that I was doing stand up. I would do a bringer show every six months, just because it was the only way to do a show in front of a big audience that was there to have fun, mm-hmm. as opposed to other comics. An, an open mic full of other comics. Right. Yeah. So I would do all these shitty open mics and develop my material and then do a bringer show. To kind of get a vibe. And and be like, oh, I I am actually good at this. You know, I know how to do this. But then Um, the talent is, there might be be you. It's very hit or miss. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It meant meant subjecting my family to Mm -hmm. some horrible, horrible things. And no one to bring, because I never did a bringer show. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, but do they have to stay the whole show? Well... It's funny you say that because I just thought of one that yeah. I did. Uh, a lot of them I did were at Caroline's where they would, mm-hmm. you had to bring a lot of people. You had to bring like 10 people or something. Was this the Broadway one? Broadway, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but that meant there were 150 people there and it was great and you could get a good tape out of it and whatever, whatever, all the things you want. Um, I do remember once doing a bringer show at um, Stand Up New York. And I brought six people. Nobody else brought anybody. There were 14 comics Ah. on the lineup. And I got to go last. Because they wanted wanted to keep the the audience Unbelievable. The one I did... You got punished. You you got to choose where you go up. The more people you brought... So like when I did Ah. one at the Belly Room in like 2012, um, or earlier, but... um, yeah, I brought ten people came to see me, and so they, they were like bowing to me, and like, "Where do you want to go in the lineup?" And I was like, "I'll go fifth or sixth or whatever it was," but they gave us the choice well, based I on see. how many people we brought. So, but. yeah, I mean, I was very lucky because, like I said, my family—I I come from a huge family, so I always had them, and I had their friends, and I had my friend. I was still friends with my friends from college at that oh, time who would come sometimes. And you're a personable guy. And then when I did that one show where I was last out of 14... At stand-up. Again, I was lucky because it was like my girlfriend and her best friend and her friends... And they loved it, you know? Like, they were fine with it. Meanwhile, I was just fuming the entire time. I was so fucking angry. Can I ask a question about these bringer shows? Mm -hmm. Did you have to audition, or was it just like, I'm just any comic? It's all about the money. If you can bring in 10 covers or 15 covers or five covers or, you know, whatever, and then two drink minimum... That's all it's about. And what it is is it's individually produced. I mean, Jamie knows more than I do about this stuff because I'm sure he did a million of them at the improv. But it means no, there's, an, the there's an independent producer like who it. says, I'll produce this show. I'll get the comics. I'll give the club a cut of the door. I'll keep the rest for myself. 
Right. So people who did it, who were willing to sort of sell their souls that way, would actually make a decent amount of money if they could get people to bring a bunch of people to well, the For show. the record, I mean, at the improv, there would be promoter shows, as you know. Yeah. But at least when I was there, we'd, I would be strict. Like, if there was someone on the lineup we didn't know, mm-hmm. we'd say that, that we can't have them here. Um, really? For the most part, like, I mean, we, I, when I first got there, there were so many bad promoters that we weeded out. Yeah, I remember that, um, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I had another thing. Don't look at me. I never know what you're going to say next. You always surprise me. Anyway. Um, All right. So thank you. I'm sorry to grill you, but I'm very, I was just oh, curious about that. I was going to say when I worked for Judy Carter, and that could be an interesting yeah. thing for you guys, because I think she was the first to really teach stand-up, and she wrote the book, Comedy, the it's Comedy Bible. She wrote the book on stand-up. Yeah. yeah. Now I know. And she's how I got to the improv, ultimately. But um, I remember... I took her class because I was working for her, and so she's, I had no intentions of taking a stand-up class, but, and it was actually a great experience. But at the very, the, the, um, Did you pass? I passed, flying mm-hmm. colors. Um, the showcase at the end, which is the selling point in the class, you will showcase at the improv on a Sunday night. But literally, as people are walking off stage, including me, there was a guy that booked the belly room, one of their bringer shows, like, like great set. You, oh, yes. I'd like to book love you at the... All you have to do is bring seven people. Oh, I love it. Yeah. But the that's most a, vulnerable. I'm sure to this day, that's exactly how they do it. They go to the class shows, they offer you a set, you're like high well, on life. Well, they give you a compliment oh, so you yeah. think like... Yeah, well, here, beautiful. Here, here's what I would say, and I, I'm not defending bringer shows, but for me, when I was starting out... I went in both eyes open. I knew it was a fucking scam, but I also knew it was a way to get in front of a bunch of people and see how people who didn't know me and weren't comics would react to what I was saying. And that's why I say every six months for like the first three years, I would do one of those shows just to go, am I doing this the right way? I think that's a brilliant way to use that. Um, But that said, I am hosting a show at the Belly Room (laughs) next Sunday, which I would love to have all you guys do. Just come up, just come to the show and do a set. No, no, perform. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just show up and perform. Yeah, just show up and perform. Except, but if you bring, if (laughs) uh, all right, this feels like a good place to take a break. So let's do that. We'll be back in a moment with more stuff. Hey, y'all! It's Mary Holland, and you are listening to the Long Shot Podcast. We are back. You're listening to The Long Shot. It is a podcast. I am your host. My name is Sean Conroy. With me today, Amber Kenny, Jamie Flam, Joe Wagner (laughs) is on assignment somewhere making big money. Big money moves. Wayne Fetterman is here. Thank you. Uh, It's time for a segment on the show that we like to call Checking Out. So let's start today with Jamie. Um, Well, a couple things come to mind. One is just a retraction. <laughs> I've gotten so They're in my not head. I'm going to sue you. Is this about <laughs> La Fonda de Carondelet? <laughs> yeah, like, the I've had nothing but... The government is going <laughs> to come for you. Government, I stand behind. And I hope it'll all work out. It'll be fine. I think... I think I just laugh at you being mad at the government. Not that I disagree, but it's just so... General. Well, of all, <laughs> like it's like I'm mad at. Well, it is all. It's general, but also it's very specific. It's like he's mad at them about tow trucks, right? Out right. of everything to be <laughs> mad about. Yeah, it's the, the most one egregious thing, thing yeah, they've yeah. ever done. Yeah, oh, I think it is what it represents. What is that? Trucks in general, <laughs> right? Four wheels of terror, grid-free zones. <laughs> you know everything it represents. 
being able to get home during rush hour is the worst. A lack of traffic. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we want to get into the court system. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, Let's we, talk did. we did that last time. Did we? <laughs> you weren't uh, here. So, but um, <laughs> I just want, for the record, just in case someone listens to this podcast. Oh, boy. And it's like, you got to check this out. They're definitely going <laughs> to listen to every forward. minute of yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, he patched it up in parting shots. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. This is the part where Amber talks about how she likes to go to dinner early. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that was cool was um, my girlfriend went to the Cine Family. Mm-hmm. Or not Cine Family. Um, Cinespia. Yep. Cinefamily and um, they, were, they were playing Legally Bond. And she came back um, and was like, is that your friend Wayne? You're yeah. in Legally Blonde, and that was that was yeah. cool. Yeah, thank you. Congratulations uh, for it's congratulations it, on having a career, Wayne. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. I don't know what to say except. Did you speak at that, or or you were just there to watch it? No, I didn't. Were you not there? No, I wasn't there for that. <laughs> she she just, just saw him in. No, well, the I mean movie. the movie. Well, I knew that, but I I, I, I at least <laughs> what just happened. That went from a compliment I to me. I thought that's what you were saying, and then you made it sound as if she had just seen him at the movies. Because they were like, oh, I'm in that. I, 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 every time it screens, I go he to He follows it, it everywhere. <laughs> the saddest. He owns it on DVD, <laughs> on VHS, no, I, on Blu-ray. I was under the impression when she told me the story that, that you yes, like you were in the movie. But yeah, like you were like there. You spoke about the three lines I had in that movie? Yeah. <laughs> Folks, we are very fortunate tonight. <laughs> so you well, weren't there. about the shoot. Uh, no, I was not there. Oh, well. Um, but it's still a great story. <laughs> it is a great story. <laughs> but I, in all honesty, it is, it's probably my favorite movie I've ever, I've ever been in of all the movies. Yeah. Why? Why? Because, one, uh, like, I feel like it's one of those movies that like girls like grow up and watch. So it's, And it's very... And... I think I'm a key part of that movie because I'm part of the the board that allows her in so to Harvard. Hero. Yeah, yeah. So if I don't, so you're a good plot device. Yeah, well, she doesn't get in Harvard. She's there's no movie. There's no movie. She's at Orange County she's Community just blonde. College. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 There's no legally. No. <laughs> Illegally blonde. <laughs> That's just that. Hey, you seen blonde yet? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just kidding, but uh, thank you. That's very nice. And, uh, You're it's very nice that you mistook the fact that Wayne was <laughs> no. in the movie for it the fact that he so, was at the movie. It turned so quickly. <laughs> uh, what else, Jamie? I'm good. Okay. I'll go next. Uh, we're recording this on June 11th, mm-hmm. uh, 2019, which means it will come out on the 13th yes. of June, 2019. Which means tomorrow is the 12th of June, 2019. You're good. <laughs> Hold on. I'm and going somewhere. if you're listening. No, the 12th of June, 2019 will be my 30-year anniversary of being a professional comedian. Because wow. June 12th, 1989 was the time I went up with the improv group called Falling Rock Zone, which I had just joined, and we... Uh, performed at Grandpa Al's Shooting Stars in Yonkers, New York. Don't know it. But you know Grandpa Al. Yeah, from from, obviously, from, yeah. from the Munsters. Yeah, 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 he owned some comedy clubs and some restaurants in the late 80s. What uh, was his real name? Al. <laughs> I think it was Al, right? <laughs> it was, it? yeah, yeah. He was in um, that police. 
Academy. This is the worst. This is the worst. Sorry, I'm sorry this happened. Oh, you mean before the monsters? Yeah, yeah. Car 54. Where are you? Yeah, yeah. With Fred Gwynn, I think, was in that as well. I think so. Ironically. Yeah. Not Don. What was that guy's name? The the the. All right. Anyway, that was my that was my induction, and I that was when I got paid to do improv. You know, that was that was. When I started, I got paid. I have not gotten You've paid in 20 years. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I was thinking about that the other so day. 1989. My parting shot is I made a discovery in my neighborhood. It's something I noticed before, but I didn't really put it together. There is a Zen center a block away from my apartment. It's just a, it, it's a house that they put up a sign that says Zen center. And a we, center, they call those. <laughs> <laughs> I happened to walk by it yesterday, and there's like brochures outside, and you could come. And you can meditate. It's donation based, and there's a bringer, website. Bringer, bringer yes, meditation. It was bringer. <laughs> um, so I looked it up online, and it seems pretty legit. Anyway, I think I'm gonna go to it soon, and I'll I'll let you know how it is. I would love to hear about that. It's wild that it's so close to my apartment, and probably has been for a very long time. How much will you give? I don't know. A quarter? I don't know. How I much? Like oh, five what's it bucks. Angel City Zen Center. A-Z-C-C. Too long. <laughs> Too long a <laughs> name. That's, that's the website. A-Z-Z-C? <laughs> Sounds like a, the band with the lisp. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We've got a... Got a what? I'm, I'm hesitant. I'm... Uh, I have two urges, like, to be taught... But then also to run away from teachers. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where this goes. Do you think there's going to be somebody there to help with meditation? I think so. Yeah? Okay. Uh, all right. Wayne, parting shots. I'm going to list the last four movies I've seen. <laughs> That's my parting shot. Great. Love it. One of them was on... Legally Blonde. <laughs> That's three of them. And then also, I love pardon funny people. Okay, we're done. <laughs> By the way, you were great in crashing. <laughs> okay, one is a movie from the 70s called The Seven Ups, which is, a, anyway, it doesn't matter, a Roy Scheider movie about kind of crooked New York cops, but the, they do what has to be done to clean up the city. Did you watch um, Fosse? No, Verdon? no, no. I'm more of a movie guy than... There's a guy plays Roy Scheider right, in that, obviously, in the last well, episode. Chest, yeah. yeah, and he really looks exactly oh, really? like oh. Roy Scheider. Oh, we're like, all, the, all that jazz is might, might be a top ten movie. Of the, really? It is one of the top ten movies of the 70s for me. I wow. just love it, love it. Um, the other three are modern, or came out this year. One is called um, Rocket Man. Oh, yeah, I want to see it. Yeah? The Elton John one. Yes, the other one is what called... What did you think? Are we just listing? No, no I'm just opinions. listening. I'm just, no reviews. No, <laughs> no reviews. opinion. No opinion. No okay. opinion. Uh, the other one is called Ma. Oh, yeah. Horror movie. Yeah. With uh, Octavia Spencer, I think that is her name. Do you, you don't have... Okay. I've heard of it. I don't know anything about it. I'm not a horror movie fan. You're not? Mm-mm. Okay. And then the... Um, 
Oh, what was the third one I saw? Hold on. Give me a second. Um, the was, Diet Cokes. No, 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 no. If it's 7-Ups and the... Uh, oh, my God. Hold on. Hold on. The Sprites. Deadwood. Deadwood movie? No, no, no. Because I, I saw those two. Wow. I can't remember that. I was just thinking of That's weird. That's weird. Genre? Do you, or, or it's completely gone? Well, this is, oh, it's, this is ridiculous. Um, Dark Phoenix. Booksmart. No. Yes, it's Booksmart. Yes. yes, it's Booksmart. <laughs> Wait, I saw Booksmart too. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Literally, it's funny. I can't remember the name of a movie called Booksmart. Um, yes. Ho- hold on, hold on. I didn't see Booksmart. <laughs> it was really I good. I've also seen Booksmart. Yeah. I really enjoyed I don't it. I'm the only one who hasn't seen it. Oh, you gotta see uh, it. I think it's a very good comedy. And obviously, it's weird that it's Jonah Hill's right. little sister playing a part that Jonah Hill played. Yeah, it's the, not, I had it's, no idea that was her sister. I don't think it's weird. I think it's... What? Like, oh, like a marketing thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. I'm an <laughs> I idiot. It, I I'm an idiot. It's intentional. Right. Was Was she involved with the writing of the movie? That girl? Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. Little think Hill? So. The main girl is Jonah Hill's sister. Uh-huh. Yeah, the main comedy The girl. one playing the Jonah Hill part? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it reads. And she's great. She's and really the Michael Sarah girl was also very <laughs> <good>. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's my parting take. They're actually make their next movie is going to be called A League of Her Moneyball. <laughs> oh, those are all. I yeah. get it. Uh, all right, folks. This has been the long shot. Wayne, where can people hear your podcast? It's on I you know wherever podcasts, obviously and, and iTunes, and what's Stitcher, it called? something. It's called The History of Stand Up. Amazing. Great. Uh, so check that out. And can people find you on social media? Twitter, What's at Fetterman. T- at Fetterman. Yeah. F-E-D-E-R-M-A-N, mm-hmm. at Fetterman. Yeah. Uh, all right. So please follow us on Twitter, at Longshot Podcast. And we will see you next time on The Long Shot. Thank you. Here's a tab of acid for your ear. You're the plastic and the passion and the magic in the air. The flabbergasted avalanche of ambulance is near. The labyrinth the pants lab is adamantly here. No assignments, book of rhyming, and I'm drawing doodles. I should rhyme, rhyme. We're rhyming noodles. Ramadan, I'm the dawn of the diamond jewels. Fight a fight in a way to kindly tell these toddlers tools. And I'm a I want to explain this very clearly. Uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. Let's start. Welcome to the History of Stand-Up, the show where comedian and professor Wayne Fetterman teaches us all a little bit more about the history of stand-up. And I'm your fellow student, Andrew Steven. They were doing what we now know of as stand-up, but they weren't called stand-up. One of Broadway's youngest and best comedians, Milton Berg. I was just standing outside the Waldorf Astoria. That's where I live, outside the Waldorf Astoria. In 1947, there were 6,000 TV sets. By 1952, 12 million. The Ed Sullivan Show. This is Judd Apatow, and you are listening to the history of stand-up. The uh, name is George Robert Newhart, legally. Uh, I never bothered to change it to, to Bob Newhart. The record came out, and then it just it exploded. It just took off beyond anyone's, especially my, expectations. We're basically deep-diving into the evolution of stand-up comedy. And he works in New York at the Improvisation in a place called Catch a Rising Star. Would you welcome Freddie Prince. Yeah! There's never been anything as dramatic before or since. Sure. 
SNL is very important, not only because it showcases stand-ups, it ushers in a new, edgier comedy aesthetic. And there was one stand-up whose talents were a perfect fit for SNL, Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Martin. Pete Holmes. Pete, <laughs> <laughs> Pete Holmes just walked in. Pete, you're not the only guy with a podcast. And now, let's repeat the non-conformist oath. I promise not to repeat things other people say. Good. I, I mean, growing up, my brother and I really connected over our love for Richard Pryor. That's the voice of Tignatar. Anyone here ever had a heart attack? I was walking in the front yard. I was just walking along and someone said, No breathe. <laughs> think about dying now, ain't you? Yeah, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about that. You didn't think about it when you was eating all that pork. Seems like comedy couldn't get any bigger than it was. And that's the crazy part, because what's going to happen over the next decade is mind-blowing. Remember when the ice cream man used to come to town when you was little? There's something about the ice cream truck that made kids lose it. Inventing kids' candy has got to be, that's got to be fun. I mean, there's just complete nutritional leeway. Jaw breakers, this is the name of the product. You could break your jaw. We thought this was great. By 82, almost every major city in the country has a comedy club. The Improv and Catch a Rising Star from New York are starting to franchise the Punchline Circuit or the Laugh Zanies, Stop Circuit. Giggles, Chuckles, Snickers, bonkers, Slapsticks, Uncle Funny, as a middle, I would probably do 20. Margaret Cho. As an opener, I would probably do about 10 something. And then the, the headline we usually do about 45 to an hour. And this has created an industry. As a reaction to a lot of the trends that were happening in stand-up, it gave birth to this new style of stand-up called alternative comedy. To this day, I tend to have a hard time on Friday and Saturday nights, especially second show Friday at a mainstream comedy club. This is Janine Garofalo. Hey everybody, Jimmy Pardo here from the award-winning podcast Never Not Funny. Right here on the History of Stand-Up, you can hear me talk about the advent of podcasting. The internet and streaming impact comedy in unimaginable ways creating a comedy boom, the likes of which we've never seen before. There's always been this ultimate destination that sort of cemented a comedian's legacy into the big time. In vaudeville, it was the palace playing the palace theater and then doing a spot on the Ed Sullivan show or on the Tonight Show with Jack Parr or Johnny Carson. Later, HBO or getting on Letterman or Conan. But at the time of this recording right now, the prime destination for stand-up comedians is a streaming service called Netflix. It's very rare and unusual to see a female comic perform pregnant because female comics don't get pregnant. This is Ali Wong from her special Baby Cobra. Netflix is, re is releasing a new stand-up special uh, every week. It's exciting because now you can binge watch America getting tired of stand-up again. It's gonna be nice. You can listen to the entire first season of The History of Stand-Up wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to look for season two in 2019. If you're interested in stand-up, you might want to listen to this.